the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back with you on the final day of the week. It is Friday, TGIF to you. And I hope your week has been okay. Matt Smith is almost here. He'll be joining us in the studio here in a moment. couple of new movies coming out uh, this weekend. Stuber is one that has Dave Bautista in it. Uh, He is uh, starring in this. It's rated R. We'll talk about that. And Crawl, also rated R. This is produced by Sam Raimi. And uh, it's about a young woman goes to help her father during the middle of a hurricane. uh, Category 5. All kinds of destruction ensues. She's stuck in the house with her uh, father who's in trouble, Barry Pepper pays the dad, and lo and behold, there's alligators. It's kind of an alligator jaws is what it looks like to me, so we'll talk about it as well. Uh, I've been reading the uh, critics talking about it. They all give it about an 85 and say that if you like, uh, you know, things that munch on people and whatnot, that kind of horror, you'll like the movie. It's fun. It'll make you jump. It's It's got, uh, you know, it's it's uh, curveballs and whatnot in it and might be good to see. So I may go see it. I don't know. I I didn't go Thursday night. I was going to th- – I really wrestled with it, and I just decided not not going to do it. Decided not to go sit through it, and uh, then I had a couple friends get a hold of me and said it wasn't bad. Dave's pretty good. It was not bad at all. All right, I got a message from Stephen Meeks. I want to read it to you. He said he's hosting a free moon gaze at the Greenbrier Event Center. At 8 p.m., he's doing this to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. Says they're going to have telescopes for viewing the landing site. And he said this is the best weekend for the viewing. There's going to be Apollo memorabilia, astronaut autographs, giant Saturn V models, and more. And he said weather permitting. Looks to me like the weather is permitting outside. It's going to be a nice evening tonight. So uh, you might want to go over there, take your kids with you. I mean, you got kids. I mean, even as a parent, you may not have been alive when this went down in 1968. Um, I was a high schooler. I was a sophomore in high school when it went down, and I sat in front of the TV and watched it. So, you know, I'm going to try to get a – let me see if we can get a hold of Steven during the time Matt's on here. What's that? Matt, Matt uh, Stephen is having, uh-huh. Stephen Meeks, uh, state, state representative, is hosting a free moon gaze. Okay. 
at the Greenbrier Event Center at 8 o'clock tonight to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. Yeah, we're doing Wow. Built in. I'm not hearing you. You're not hearing me? Yeah. On. Does it say on? Is this, uh, is this microphone working, Russ? Is Matt's mic working? It says on. Now it's working. Oh, gotcha. There we go. Okay. Yeah, now, now we we're, doing, we're doing the same thing at Riverdale, Tim. We're showing uh, Tuesday night uh, For All Mankind. The movie is that like the Apollo Eleven yeah. movie? Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's at seven o'clock uh, Tuesday night. Tickets are on sale at Riverdale dot com. We'll have a question and answer session and everything. Oh, so, very cool! Yeah, yeah. It's Tuesday night at seven o'clock for All Mankind from nineteen eighty nine. Now, were you even born then when we walked no. on the moon? I didn't think so. Okay, so see, there's some of us that are still alive. I mean, we're old, but we're still alive, and we remember when that happened. Now. What I want to know from Stephen, here's what he says. Okay. We'll have telescopes for viewing the landing site, which is uh, the Sea of Tranquility. Okay. And this is the best weekend for viewing. Now, I'm wondering, and I'd like Uh to ask Stephen this, through the telescopes, if you look at the landing site, can you see the, the part of the lunar lander that was left behind? And if you can, what's the argument with people who say, we didn't go? Not much of an argument about it, if you ask me, then. If you can see it sitting up there on the moon. What do you think? What I think? I think Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to show For All Mankind from 1989, (laughs) directed by Al Reinert. And with music scored by Brian Ernos. For All Mankind provides a testament for NASA's Apollo program of the 1960s. Brian of Roxy Music did the the music? <clears throat> Directed by Al Reinhardt <laughs> and with music scored by Brian Erno. For All Mankind provides a testament to NASA's Apollo program of the 1960s and 1970s, composed of actual NASA footage of missions and astronaut interviews. Yeah, that'd be cool. The documentary offers the viewpoint of the individuals who braved the remarkable journey to the moon and back. While compiling the material for the film, Reinhardt went through more than six million feet of film wow. for these historic moments. Released wow. in 1989 in the United States, For All Mankind, with a question and answer session following the film and a discussion, Riverdale 10, Tuesday night. Tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. It starts at 7 p.m. Take your kids. They need to see. You even need to see. I mean, if you got kids, you probably some of you have were there when it happened. You need to watch this film. It was one of the seminal, great historical moments in the history of the U.S. and the world. Amazing. If it's you know, I wonder if they're going to be hopping along. You know, because it looks like they're hopping on the moon when nice you cold watch beer. Them, you know, and you got. Nice cold air conditioning. You're what not you outside in the bugs. Yeah, so you think they're playing. AC. What are they playing? Blowing. They're, they're playing. Love is a drug that's driving me. White Castle cheeseburger sliders. <laughs> Chicken tenders. Wine. This is a man, I'm just telling you, Matt Smith is focused. We're today. in on it. We're in on it. He's okay, We're, we're celebrating today. the moon landing. They're showing, it up, they're showing that movie up in Branson. I almost went and saw it last weekend. They're showing it in IMAX up here in Branson. Don't drive four hours and waste no, money. You Just don't stop like, down at Riverdale 10. I might have to come over. The chairs at Riverdale 10 are better than the chairs in Branson. Yes, they are. Riverdale10.com. Most okay. comfortable seats in Arkansas. So did you go see Crawl? I have not. People that are working for you saw it? What of did course. they think about it? They live there. They they love it. 
Yeah, they they don't it. miss a movie. I mean, yeah, it's it's a cool popcorny, you know, uh, summer campy fun movie. You know, we had the shark movie last year. This year we got the gator movie. Yeah, buy some popcorn. Go check it out. You're it's talking a nice about forty-seven little, meters, right? Uh, last year we yeah. had the Meg. So oh, yeah, the Meg. yeah, yeah, okay. this, about this same weekend. And it's so right. uh, yeah, this year we got crawl. And, uh, you know, it's just a popcorn blast movie, good little summer escapism. And Jaws it's, it's with good an alligator. Some, good for some laughs. It's it, it's a hoot. So, yeah, check out Crawl. And then Stuber is remarkably good. That is a that is an awesome comedy. Uh, Stuber is hilarious. Uh, they do a really good job with that movie. It's it's kind of a su- surprise sleeper hit, in my opinion. I, I think people are going to get a lot of laughs out of Stuber. And then, you know, of course, we've still got Toy Story 4 on the screen. Uh, we're still playing... Um, spider-man of course that's playing and this you know is, i went and saw that and it's excellent yes yes and and they, they, they you know there's two post-credit scenes by the way one halfway through the credits and one after the credits don't miss either one annabelle comes home still on the screen <laughs> good movie uh, saw men, too. In, men in black i liked it. uh still on the screen uh we're still playing aladdin we're still playing the secret life of pets too and uh, that's at all four locations. Uh, if you're down in Hot Springs, it's hotspringsvipcinema.com. Uh, buy your advance tickets right there. Tickets are already on sale for Lion King, which is showing Thursday night. Uh, those tickets are on sale now. And, of course, in Hot Springs, we have expanded. We have eight screens now uh, with stadium seating, uh, Dolby, digital 7.1 surround sound, luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. Uh, all new parking lot, all new restrooms, new oh, lobby. Oh, you got the parking lot done, huh? Yes, all new carpet, cool. uh, all new sound. Um, we're installing Real D 3D there in Hot Springs. Uh, we offer 20 different beers and eight different wines and a full food menu, including cheeseburgers and pizzas and chicken tenders, hot dogs, corn dogs, Eisenberg sausage, Nathan's hot dogs, chocolate peanut butter pie, key lime pie, ice cream, frozen Cokes, bottled water. It's all right there. Hit hotspringsvip.com, buy your advance tickets. Sign up for the email newsletter, download the free theater group mobile app, check out the menu right there, and uh, come on out and see those new auditoriums. They got the new parking lot done, and and I mean it's uh, it's shaping up down there in Hot Springs. New carpet, everything going in. Wow! Yeah, we're putting uh, putting on the new front facade next, and then we'll do all new LED lighting and uh, LED screens outside on the building. So uh, a whole new theater for the people in Hot Springs, basically. New, new experience there in Hot Springs, three fifty one Lake Hamilton Drive, HotSpringsVIP.com. And sure they you deserve stop it. I mean, it's Hot Springs. They should have a, a absolutely, good movie absolutely. And and you know, we've got uh, Lion King coming up on Thursday. Of course, that's playing. Okay, so we'll stop have, there. Let's talk. We'll have Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I'm looking forward to that. But here's the key about the Lion King: Will it do? Do you believe? As big or bigger business than the original? Oh, it's going to be massive. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's screened very well. People are going to like it. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it'll do more business than the original. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it did a big business, man. It's going to be big. Uh, we'll have Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Tickets for that are already on sale. Good counter uh, programming. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Tickets for that are already on sale. Is that Dora the Explorer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll have The Kitchen, August the 9th. Uh, 47 meters down. Uh, tickets for that are already on sale. Number two. Where'd you go? It's 47 meters down, uncaged. Right. Uh, where'd you go, Bernadette? Tickets for that are already on sale. Uh, it, Chapter 2. Ooh. Rambo, Last Blood, The Joker. Yes. All of those are coming to Hot Springs. Hotspringsvip.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. Download the free mobile app. Like us on Facebook and follow uh, our events. 
And we'll have our free Wednesday popcorn bucket for 2020 on sale August 1st. HotSpringsVIP.com. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you haven't tried it out, this is the third year now. All right. Third. Dude, it's been three years. That's incredible that we it's been going that long. You need to get the popcorn bucket. I've got mine, and I'm just telling you, it is the bomb. You like them? I love it. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a free. We got a you know we got that free butter, uh, free condiment stand yep. with eight different uh, popcorn salts that are free, and everything you might need for your coffee, hot dogs, pizza, cheeseburger sliders is right there on the. Uh, free food stand, and you'll know, stop by there and hit that free butter. Just soak it down, layer it in there, do what you want to do. You can catch that free uh, condiments, free free butter stand at in the lobby at all four locations. Uh, that's what's going on down there in Hot Springs. We'll be sure to check it out, and we will uh, we'll have some new specials and discounts going with our movie club. Be sure to sign up for the movie club rewards program. You get a point for every dollar you spend. You can trade those points in for free concession items and free movie tickets. Now, if you're up in Cabot. In Dave's My neck of the woods, hometown. Absolutely, we just uh, <laughs> just finished uh, restriping the parking lot there in Cabot. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and we'll be putting in some new tile when uh, when school starts, and uh, we're going to upgrade our sound system there in Cabot. Wow, uh, make it even even. I thought even it was more. already good. Yeah, yeah, going to get better. Uh, it's CabotVIPCinema.com, and of course we're uh, we have a private club license there in Cabot. Be sure to join our private club. Uh, sign up for the email newsletter, like us on Facebook, download the free Theater Group, Inc. mobile app, follow our events on Facebook, be sure to check out the menu. We have the same menu at all four locations. Of course, the free popcorn bucket goes on sale for 2020, goes on sale August 1st, and it's cabotvipcinema.com, luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. Every seat in the building is a luxury recliner. We're showing Stuber. Crawl, Spider-Man Far From Home, Yesterday, Annabelle Comes Home, Toy Story 4, Aladdin, The Secret Life of Pets 2. And that's all there at CabotVIPCinema.com. Be sure to uh, get your private club uh, membership. They're free. And be sure to sign up for our rewards program. Signing up is free. You get points and you just, you know, redeem those points for free tickets and free food. Every Monday and Tuesday, we have our summer Children's program uh, in Searcy, Cabot, and Hot Springs. Uh, you get in in the morning. Show starts at 10 a.m. Doors open at 9 a.m. Uh, soda is a dollar and popcorn is a dollar for our morning kids movie program every Monday and Tuesday in Searcy, Cabot, and Hot Springs. What's the movie this weekend? This week's, uh, let me see here. Uh, now that you've asked, I have moved away from that on my theater group mobile app it's free by the way in the app store for both android and uh your iphone and it's it's really cool uh dr seuss the grinch pg monday and tuesday this week in cersei cabot and uh hot springs and be sure to stop by there and of course get those dollar soda and dollar popcorn specials for the kids and sometimes people ask absolutely you can bring in the 2019 free popcorn bucket during the kids show and of course get your refill not a problem now in cabot of course we'll have the lion king thursday night those tickets are already on sale uh once upon a time in hollywood july 26th those tickets are on sale fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw 
Friday, August the 2nd, those tickets are on sale. Can't wait for that movie. Door in the Lost Looks City of great. Gold, Friday, August the 9th, those tickets are on sale. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Friday, August the 9th, those tickets are on sale. Angry Birds 2, Wednesday, August the 14th, those tickets are on sale. 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, Friday, August the 16th, those tickets are on sale. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Friday, August the 16th, those tickets are on sale. And all of that's happening at cabotvipcinema.com. I can't tell you enough how much you need to sign up for that rewards program. Get involved in that because that's going to get you in for Tuesday discount tickets. You want to sign up for rewards so you can get that Tuesday discount ticket night. That's starting Tuesday, August the 13th. CabotVIPCinema.com, full food menu, including nachos, state fair corn dogs, White Castle cheeseburger sliders, pizza, Nathan's hot dogs, Eisenberg sausages, French fries, onion rings, chicken tenders, chocolate peanut butter pie, key lime pie, ice cream, Bavarian pretzels, over 30 flavors of candy, Frozen Coke, we got a brand new Frozen Coke machine, new icy machine right there in Cabot. Just installed that last week, backed by popular demand. Make sure you get your Frozen Coke. And, of course, bottled water, uh, all the Coca-Cola products on sale. And, of course, we have a private club license. So, you know, be sure if you enjoy adult beverages, you become a member of our private club. That is free. Full food menu. It's all right there at CabotVIPCinema.com. Just click menu. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we've been talking about the Lion King opening this coming week. But then we skipped a big movie coming up on the 26th, and we started talking about Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. When we come back, I want to mention another movie that's coming that I think is going to be huge. We'll talk about it. Got Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Quentin Tarantino. Be a great award-winning film. Really. <laughs> I talk be a great about award-winning film. When we come back, we'll talk about it on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, I just got an answer from Stephen Meeks real quickly here because uh, I asked the question, was it possible to see the lunar lander from Earth using you know Earth-based telescopes? And the answer is no. But if you go to the... Uh, wonderful world of the internet you can see the lunar orbiter with the images of the sites and you can look at those online so if you want to see it you can see it did you see where vice president pence pence is given there he's given nasa some crap uh he is on them they want a man back on the moon 2023, and they're behind schedule, and they replace some people at the top with people who helped with the space shuttle program towards the bottom of the hierarchy, put them at the top to get it done. They want it done. They want to get back to the moon so they can get on their way to Mars. Kind of interesting. He didn't tell them if they didn't like the conditions here, they didn't have to come, did he? <laughs> You said he put NASA on notice. I just wonder if he told him that. You you guys don't like the conditions here. You know, you had to come over here. It sounds like to me they would have folded. Get out of Cape Canaveral. They've been under Kennedy when Kennedy wanted us to go to the moon. I mean, he really put the pressure on, and I guess 
that's what's happened again. He had that charisma. In Washington. Was, yep. He had that charisma. He did have the charisma. Had the mob behind him. And then they did it. And they got it done. Dating in Marilyn Monroe. I mean, <laughs> you date in Marilyn and yeah, they had smoking a lot, cigars had a with a lot the mob. Of skinny I mean, dipping you know, in the yeah. White House pool. Yeah. In fact, they closed you know, the White House pool because you know, of President Kennedy. Yeah, just Jackie so everybody knew. knows. Yes. You know, Jackie knew. Yep. Well, don't she think did. she didn't. Jackie knew. Yep. She did know. I don't know if she went down and swimmed around with him or not. Sure, of course she did. Anyway, let's take a break. Here we go. Let's go talk and hear about the news. All right, so Matt, coming up on July 26th, I'm sure the tickets are all sold and ready to go. i got to get mine. You better look out. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm excited about it. I'm thrilled. Uh, You know, that's one of the movies that, uh, you know, I will make a point to go see as fast as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... It's going to be up for war nominations. Critics are going crazy about it. As they should. And, uh, you know, my man Quentin says that's his last film. He is not going to release any more. Yeah, he said He's that. Gonna He's going to take some time He's off. Do it. Said he might direct some premium HBO type stuff in the future. But after this one, he's going to go on hiatus from the movies for a while, he said. Mm. And, you know, you got, you got Brad Pitt. You got, uh, you know... Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And then, of course, you got Margot Robbie. And, uh, you know, I'd throw a baby up in that. I mean, woo, look out now. Margot. Yeah, well, let's and, take, uh, it, take I mean, just, just read the cast off. I mean, you know, come on to. now. It's a home run. Maya Hawk is in it. Look out now. She's good. You got Dakota Fanning. She's mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. Squeaky mm-hmm. Frome, mm-hmm. who tried to kill Ford later. I really but was I just, part of the, the gang. I want to see her in that you know? role. I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. Tim, Timothy Oliphant. Of course. My man's coming there. justified. And uh, Sheriff Al, Al Pacino. Bullock. Kurt Russell. How could you not have Al Pacino? Kurt Russell. Come on. Luke Perry. Man. That was his last, last role. Movie, That's it. Yeah. That's his last role right there. You got last movie role. Damian Lewis. Man. Mm-mm-mm. Damon Mary, uh, Herman. You got Emil Hirsch. Mm. Oh, who else is in this? Michael Madsen. You can't have a tor- tor- you know Tarantino movie without Michael. He's got to be in there. I mean, He's even if he just there. walks past in a, you know a table yeah. and throws a drink on somebody, you got to have the guy. Bruce Dern, of course. Why not? Rumor Willis. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Martin Cove. I'm looking here. Got to get keep going. There's it's so many more and more people in here. Yeah, who else is in Special here? guest appearance by Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. Rebecca Gayhart. <laughs> Everybody's in this thing. Man. Yeah. How can you not go see this movie? I agree. Glue Gulliger. I'm now, so excited I'm going to tell movie. you, Glue Gulliger was in, he started in the Virginian back in the very late 50s. Wow. And he's back in, he's in this movie. Wow. Nicholas Hammond. Wow. Brenda Vaccaro. Wow. Know her from, uh, what was it, uh, the one, uh, the movie that uh, Voight and uh, wow. Rizzo, Rizzo, what is it? I'm trying to think, uh, Midnight Cowboy. I mean, how can you All not? Right. I mean, just how can you Anybody not Anybody else that I think I need to mention here? I, you can mention Margo again. <laughs> I think I'm about <laughs> Oh, there. yeah. That's about it as far as people I'm that just are telling you, you got to see this. And, I mean, you know, of, of the summer films okay this is this is a must see the two that i personally have really wanted to see 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, those are the two that I've really wanted to see. Hobbs and Shaw just looks like fun. Man, Luther's the bad guy, you know. You know, it I looks mean, like I just, fun. I mean, come on, I mean, I just, I really want to see that, and those are, you know, I. I I was looking forward to Rocket Man. I was overhyped by Rocket Man, probably because I love Bohemian Rhapsody and A Star is Born so much, so much. Love those movies. And so you were let down a little bit by Rocket Man. I was. I wish Rocket Man had come out a couple years from now so that I could have cooled my jets, so to speak, off of, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and A Star is Born, because those movies were so tremendous, right? So I was a little disappointed by Rocket Man, but I was looking forward to Rocket Man, was, was just dying to see that in the cinema. And then other than that, from the summer, the other two that I really was excited about and I will see as soon as possible is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Hobbs and Shaw. Those two, I'm just, I, 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 I'm i 100% they're there. You got to see those on the big screen. They're, it's It's a must. Yeah, Got I, d- I definitely Got want to see Got to. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I heard to. that Tarantino was going to do a look at Hollywood Got at to. the time of the Sharon Tate murders. God, I knew so I good. wanted to see it. It's going to be so good. Man. knew I wanted mm. to see it. Yeah. The reviews yeah. on that will be through the top. That'll be that'll be an award contender. Even though it's out in July, people will be talking about that film at the end of the year. I, well, it'll probably so, be yes. still playing. Yeah, it looks so <laughs> good. It looks honest. so good. looks it's so good. probably still be playing. So anyway, now don't forget right. Tuesday night. I want to go back and mention this to you. That uh, over at the Riverdale 10, a very special presentation of one of the most seminal historical moments uh, for this country. It was 1968. You had all the unrest in the United States with the Vietnam War. With, uh, of course, uh, things going on with um, the black movement. And getting civil rights corrected. And all the riots. All the riots that were going on. You had Martin Luther King being assassinated. Bobby Kennedy being assassinated. Vietnam protests. And then we went to the moon. I went for just a few days. The country came together. America. And celebrated the greatness of this country. And uh, the world celebrated what we had accomplished. And they're showing a special movie Tuesday night. You should take your kids to see this. I'm just telling you, it's so seminal. And for some of you, you take your kids and you didn't even see it. And you need to see it as well. Make you proud to be an American all over again. And uh, this is called, what? what's the, the title of it? For All Mankind. For All Mankind. 7 o'clock, Tuesday night at the Riverdale 10 with a question and answer session to follow. And uh, it is the 30th anniversary of the film, and it's based on the moon landing. Riverdale10.com for your tickets, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night, Q&A following the film. For All Mankind, not rated. Tickets are on sale right there at Riverdale10.com. Catch it Tuesday night at Fam- 7 o'clock. It's family-friendly, awesome all right? Absolutely. It's not, it's absolutely not like the astronauts are, are running no, naked it's, it's around just, on the moon. It's just not rated because it's a documentary. I know. You know, just, it's just not rated. I mean, if it was rated, it'd probably be G. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it just, it's just stuff about the moon, yeah. It's a yeah. great it, – I'm sure it's a great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's a good – they'll have those shots that are similar. They're just fantastic from the top of the Saturn V. The rocket ship that they rode to the moon. And 
I'm just telling you, I, as much as I love the space shuttle program and, and seeing those space shuttles take off, and I was on you know Cape Canaveral for several of them, I still to this day wish that I could have been there when that candle was lit on uh, on Cape Canaveral on the Saturn V. Incredible uh, rocket ship. Did you, I don't know if you heard about this or not, uh, man, because it, it was like a passing yeah. story. Yeah. The Orion, which uh-huh. is the new capsule for the astronauts to go to the moon, mm-hmm. <clears throat> passed its final tests Monday, mm-hmm. and it's waiting. To go to the moon now. It's ready. Repeat. Let's go. Okay. Can't wait. I like Instead it. of taking three, they're going to take six. I like it. They're going to take, they're taking, they're taking a woman with them as well. It's going to be cool. First six woman pack. on the moon. Six pack. I like it. Just saying. Six pack. I get excited. The space program excites me. It really nice. does. Those guys, I'm just saying the people that started the space program, they had cojones as big as watermelons. They yeah. really, they really did. I mean, they were up there not knowing what was going on. I mean, Tell you. had no idea after what they, was going after to happen. They, after they built all those V2 rockets, they... Yeah, come on over here after the war, true. and you know, came right over, we in. were helped. Man, came we right helped on in. Huh? We were helped. The Germans, man. Yeah, tell the truth. I guess. The Germans, brother. Yeah, the Germans. Nazis. Germans. We brought them V two rockets. Got to use them. Yeah, who about one hundred and ten of them. Who was that guy's name? The big, one, the big guy. von Braun. Yeah, von Braun. Von Braun. Yeah, yeah that was him. Von Braun. Right. But anyway, incredible. It's incredible. All right, I need to talk to people about something because if well, we're going to talk we about got, a movie while you're on pause. Let me talk about something. You, you got, know, you got something to go. No, you ready no, to I got to go to a, I got to go to a, a break here. I got to go to a break. Applied okay. Research Center. Got to talk about it in Arkansas. They're going to be on at four o'clock. By the way, hey. they got a bunch of studies going: low testosterone, kidney stones, pediatric IBSC, uh, GERD. They've got endometriosis, bunions, baby formula. They got all kinds of studies happening now. And if you'd be interested in taking part in those studies, they'll pay you. They'll give you the medicines absolutely free. And it's simple to apply. You just call them 501-954-7822 or go to the website, which I highly recommend because it's all listed out there for you. ARCArkansas.com. ARCArkansas.com. The GERD study is ages 18 and older, have a diagnosis of GERD, and experience symptoms at least four days per week. And you need to be taking GERD medications. That'd be like Prilosec or something like that. And they'll work it out with you. Don't forget about the Bunyan study. My wife's got a Bunyan, man. It's a pain in the butt. 18 years and older. You got to have a bunion and pain, and they will help you out. 501 954 7822. Don't forget, uh, forget applied research coming up here at 4 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Matt's with us until 3 30. Hey, now. 3 30, uh, we're going to have a special guest join us uh, for a few moments and talk about uh, the end of a drive that he is doing about uh, bringing back Earthworm Jim the comic. It's a big deal. And we're looking forward to Doug uh, Tinnepal is going to be with us, and we'll talk to him for about 15 minutes. 
We've got the folks from Applied coming on at 4, and then uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll have Robert Steinbach with us, and we'll talk about what's going on at the Justice or at the, uh, the Labor Department. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's continue on with Matt Smith, who uh, is going to take us up Highway 67-167 to the promised land of Cersei. Hey, big city of Cersei. Okay, hit us at CerseiCinema.com. That's CerseiCinema.com. Now, half of that building has luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. That's in four of the eight auditoriums. Starting August 15th, we will be retro remodeling the other four auditoriums to make them luxury leather electric recliners with tables. By September, every chair in the building will be a luxury leather electric recliner with a table and reserved seating. Hit us on the website, CerseiCinema.com. Now, playing this week is Crawl, came out today. Alligator, want to eat you. Better look out. Did you watch it last night? No, I thought I did you not. might go no, see it. I must have been busy it. last night. Didn't go see it. No, I watched the end, the last episode of Stranger Things. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Stuber is also new I want this to see week. It Stuber is hilarious. I highly recommend Stuber. It is a sleeper hit comedy for sure. Don't miss Stuber. Also showing in Cersei, Men in Black International, Midsommar, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Spider Man Far From Home. Toy Story 4, Aladdin, still on the screen, Avengers Endgame, and of course, Annabelle Comes Home. That's CerseiCinema.com. Now go there for your advanced tickets. Download the free Theater Group mobile app right there from the website or from the app store for your phone. Sign up for the email newsletter. Like us on Facebook. Follow our events. Be sure to uh, stop by and sign up for the Movie Club Rewards Program. You get a dollar. You get a point for every dollar you spend. You redeem those points for free concessions and free movie tickets. We will have a Tuesday discount night with five dollar tickets starting Tuesday, August thirteenth, for all member all of our movie club members. So make sure you sign up. It's free. Just got to sign up and get your card. Stop by there if you're interested, and uh, you know we've got the uh, the paperwork there in place for a private club permit, and you know you're able to voice your opinion if you'd like to become a member of our private club there in Cersei. CerseiCinema.com is the website. Be sure to check out that full food menu. Everything from Bavarian pretzels to chocolate peanut butter, key lime pie, ice cream, chicken tenders, White Castle cheeseburger sliders, Nathan's hot dogs, Eisenberg sausages. French fries, onion rings, did I say ice cream, mm. over 30 different flavors of candy, all of the Food. Coca-Cola products you want, ices, frozen Coke, and of course, uh, bottled water. Just hit CerseiCinema.com and click the menu. Uh, tickets are already on sale for Lion King. Its first show is Thursday night. Tickets are already on sale for that movie. And of course, uh, we've already got tickets on sale for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which starts Friday, July the 26th. Tickets on sale for Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw, which starts Friday, August the 2nd. Tickets on sale for Dora and the Lost City of Gold, starting Friday, August the 9th. Tickets on sale for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Friday, August the 9th. That's getting pretty good buzz, by the way. Yes, sir. Tickets are on sale for the Angry Birds movie, which starts Tuesday, August the 13th, Angry Birds movie 2. And tickets are on sale for 47 Meters Down Uncaged, which starts Thursday, August the 15th. All those tickets are on sale at CerseiCinema.com. Just click Coming Soon. Be sure to check that out. That's what's happening in the big city of Cersei. By, we, by the way, yeah, I just wanted to, yeah. 
to say, you know, it's kind of interesting about the Stuber movie because uh-huh. it really has not. It's, I mean, it's got good buzz going mm-hmm. for it, and it's not been promoted very hard. No, no, I, I, I think you know, and, and I think it's kind of sad in a way um, because last Friday we had Spider Man Far From Home, which is going to be a mega hit for hit. the summer season for the whole year. $189 million right now. Uh, fourth biggest opening this year, uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel, Toy Story 4, and then Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the fourth biggest opening movie of 2019. Cool. Spider-Man Far From Home is a tremendous motion picture. It I know, is. I know Very you good. loved it. I know you loved it. it. It's great. a great film. And then next week, you know, Thursday night, we have Lion King. And so I think Stuber and Crawl, which are out today, have been somewhat lost in the marketing shuffle because two of the biggest movies of the year, one was last week and one is next week. Not to say that Crawl and Stuber are not good films. Uh, Crawl is a great popcorn goofball, little scary movie in the tradition of Jaws, as you said. But Stuber is hilarious. I mean, it is just a... Sleeper hit comedy, and, and, and it's very much worth seeing. I highly recommend Stuber, absolutely. There was an interview, by yes. the way, with uh, Sam Raimi, uh-huh. who is producing uh, this uh, alligator movie, Crawl. Crawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were asking him about what he's going to do here in the future. Mm-hmm. And he said, funny that you should ask that. I'm having dinner with my buddy from the <laughs> Evil Dead movies. Oh, nice. And uh, we're talking about, are you ready for this? Evil Dead 4. Reboot. Bring them on oh, back. Oh, man. Bring them on back. going to be interesting. I like it. I now, hope that that happens. Bruce you, Campbell coming back maybe one more time. There you go. Now, you can catch Stuber and Crawl in Hot Springs, Cabot, Searcy, and, of course, at Riverdale 10. And do we have time to talk about what's playing at Riverdale 10? Go for it. You got Three and a half minutes. Hit us up at Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com to see what's playing. Tickets are on sale. And, of course, new today is Stuber. Also new today is Crawl. We're holding over Spider-Man Far From Home, Midsommar, Yesterday, Toy Story 4, Rocket Man, Aladdin. We are showing Late Night with Emma Thompson exclusively at Riverdale 10, and also exclusively at Riverdale 10 today, the last black man in San Francisco, it got a 90 in today's Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It has been the highest-reviewed news, highest-reviewed movie in the Arkansas Democrat newspaper this year. First movie to get a 90. Stars Jimmy Falls, Jonathan Majors, Rob Morgan, Trisha Arnold, Mike Epps, Finn Whitrock, Danny Glover, Willie Han, Jamal Love. Julio Barifa. It's directed by Joe Talbot. It's rated R, four language, two hours and one minute long. Nanny, and today's Arkansas Democrat Gazette, is exclusively at Riverdale 10. Tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. Mont is an aspiring playwright and artist who works as a fishmonger by day in his spare time as he helps a friend reclaim his family home in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Near the end of Joe Talbot's Film about friendship, gentrification, and the stories we choose to define us. Our weary protagonist, Jimmy, is on a city bus overhearing a conversation between a pair of exasperated young female transplants complaining about living in San Francisco and talking about moving down to East L.A. In Sins, Jimmy cuts in, you have to love San Francisco. 
before you can hate it. That's right. Gotta love something before you can hate it. Before he stomps off the bus. If the film is largely about the changing texture and tone of relationships over time, the ways in which we ultimately lose touch with the sense of the kindred. It's the city itself that proves to be the most volatile example of this sort of loss. Hmm. Lousy with young tech barons wallowing in the fire hose streams of venture capital cash. So it is a great film. It's won so many awards at film festivals. It really touches. It's an adult film. It doesn't have a superhero in it. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really touches on how the tech boom, you know, has impacted that town and brought in all of these outsiders and and ruined it for people that have lived there their whole lives. Okay, so can I take a, a shot and say very little spandex? None. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We've got news coming up when we get back. Matt and I will uh, talk about movies some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up in a couple of weeks, the movie that is going to put a guy from being a very popular actor to being a superstar is going to open up. Of course, that is uh, this uh, movie, Fast and Furious, presents Hobbs and Shaw. Right. What about it? All right. Well, you know, you got Jason Statham. He's, yes. already, he's already in the superstar status now. The Rock. Also, you got The Rock. The Rock. in superstar status. Right. Isaac Gonzalez, mm-hmm. who's in star mm-hmm. status, but this is going to push her over the top, mm-hmm. as well as, and this is a guy who's a great actor, but he's not been in one of those movies that will put him in the star. Go ahead. Throw it out there. Idris Elba. I love him from The Wire on HBO. He was the bad guy. Man, he's he was been the drug doing dealer. the work for years. He's so good in that. That's when I really just, just thought he was a tremendous actor, and that's what really just turned me on to what he does. And I was like, you know, hey, this guy's awesome. But he's got this show on BBC called Luther, and it's about a detective in London who investigates homicides. And by the way, season five just dropped on BBC America. It has just four episodes. Each episode is an hour. And this is the fifth season of Luther. And what he does is when he has time, he does Luther. So he'll like do a season of Luther, and it's generally four to six one-hour episodes. And then it might be two, three years. Then he'll do another season of Luther. Then it might be a year. Then he'll do a season. Then it might be two or three years he'll do another season. But there's five seasons now. The fifth season just dropped. The fifth season has four episodes an hour each. He's great in it. I highly recommend it. It's on demand. It's on BBC America. And it's just, you know, I I spend one hour per day on television. That's it. I got no other time to mess with it. So if I am watching something on TV, it's good. I highly recommend this. I also recommend Yellowstone on the Paramount Network. Yeah, season two is out now. One of the, one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Love Yellowstone, the Paramount Network. Probably um, the best we've seen uh, from uh, the lead actor in many a year, Kevin Cosner. He wants to direct, so yeah, I I agree. He hasn't done a lot of acting lately, and it has, and, and some of it has been phoned in for a check. Yep, I agree. Uh, I recommend that. And then, of course, The Sun just wrapped up on AMC. I highly recommend that. Uh, last that, that season came, of that was that Pierce came, Brosnan. It came back out? 
I didn't even know had it was the second there. season. Yeah, wow! They just wrapped up season it. two on AMC with the Sun. I highly recommend that. It's a great show. It is season two. That's it. It's just two seasons. I highly recommend it. Pierce Brosnan, awesome show. Dark. Just um, warn you, it's dark. Cinemax has Jet on Friday nights. I highly recommend Jet on Cinemax. Uh, let's see. That's Friday night. The Sun was Saturday night on AMC. Uh, Wednesdays is uh, Yellowstone Paramount Network. Monday was um, Luther on BBC. Uh, what else have I seen lately that's cool? Ah, Chernobyl on HBO. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. It's very good. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Chernobyl on HBO. So that's about. Yeah, I guess that's about it on 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 good television. You know, currently. But let, let's so, go back and talk okay. about. Elba, all right? Oh, yeah, they, absolutely. You know, they thought that uh, the making of uh, the gunslinger thing from mm-hmm. Stephen King. Okay. And he was playing he was playing the, the, the gunslinger. Uh, it was going to be the movie put him over, and it was just directed and terribly. It was, it was written horribly, and it didn't do it for him. But this is the... The movie, I believe, is going to really light this guy's fire. There is no doubt he is a great actor. There, I mean, there's just no. He's done some really, really magnificent stuff. Uh, you know who I compare him to? Who? John Ham. Yeah. Same thing. Ham's the same way. He doesn't get any respect. No, I mean, you've got two guys that have done some tremendous television. And, of course, it's still just... Television. That's right. They haven't made television. You know, I'm going to say Ham, Mm -hmm. Baby Driver. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, did big things for him. Right, but he should be a headline box office draw. Yeah, and he is not because he's a ladies' man. I mean, he's a handsome dude. Yeah, he's he's a he should be a headliner, and 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 both of them should be they're not there yet they haven't really transitioned into cinema they've done great television i predict this is the movie that puts him over I the top hope so he's, he's gonna due. be the black superman man come on he he deserves it it's yes time. he does he's put out some quality work there's no doubt about that well, let's look at that i mean we're talking about quality work thor so, ragnarok mm-hmm. just small he's a gatekeeper guy yeah, you know about that yeah beasts of no nation yeah, Played the commandant in that. that, was, that was a well. That was good indie film. Star Trek Beyond. Mm. Well, good movie. Mm. Luther, another good Luther movie. Luther is awesome. Avengers Infinity War, good movie. The Mountain Between Us, not bad. I didn't like it. Molly's Game. Molly's not, Game was not awesome. bad. Mountain Between Us was just kind of sad and slow and blah. Yeah. Molly's Game was a great film. The Great dark, film. The, dark, the dark Tower. I've talked about dark that Tower already. Dark Tower was horrible, horrible, so wasted time. Terribly written. Wasted time. Uh, I mean, this guy has done some really, really good Molly's stuff. Molly's Game is tremendous. Have you seen The Take? The Take. Awesome. A young pickpocket. The Take. He's, he's a CIA agent. They team up on an anti-terrorist mission in France. It's awesome. <coughs> I very seen very good. If is you that, get a chance, go see it. Is it's that a, is that uh, something on demand or something? Well, you probably can pick it up now on DVD. No, it was out. It was out at the theaters, but it was back. I mean, we're talking three and a half years ago. But you just it may have just gotten lost. Does not ring a bell. Got lost. Easy to do. Got lost. Could. 
you know yeah. i mean we you know i was kind of touch base he brought his voice to sheer khan in the jungle book yeah well and and you know i kind of touched base on that earlier i think we've had somewhat of a somewhat of a disservice by some of these indie distributors this summer and and that yeah, kind talk of, about that well i mean we had a strong slate of good independent film and last summer and they were handled in the right way and we've had kind of a what do you mean they were handled in the right way you know these people generally people that are running these indie houses they maximize what they're doing they look at the release calendar and they'll put out these strong independent films on dates that hollywood doesn't have a blockbuster going and so you'll see kind of a slate of, of of indie films hitting in, in March and April, you'll see a slate of indie films hitting in September and October when Hollywood is not putting out these huge tentpole product movies. And that's a good strategy because uh, even though there's less people going to the movies in March and April and less people going in September and October, there's less clutter. There's less big box office tentpole mega hits out there. And so you can get some traction with your independent film. That's a good strategy. Uh, and it's worked in the past with smaller independent distributors. And then you've also had... Um, a strategy of even releasing some good independent films in the summer and during the holiday Thanksgiving uh, Christmas season, but they have to be released in a way that that makes sense. And what will be okay. done in the past? What will be done in the past if you're going to get out there in the busy season is you would release your movie to some some traditional uh, big city art house theaters. You'd run a few screens, a few theaters in those big cities. You'd have a massive per-screen average, and you would let the word of mouth build, not only from your traditional media sources, you know, vis-a-vis the New York Times or the L.A. Times, you know, something like that where you've got those movie reviews, but also your online presence and your word of mouth, just people talking about it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Your word of mouth would build, and then you would go, you know, maybe you start with 10, 10, key cities and then next week you might be in 30 cities and the next week you might be in you know in 50 theaters instead of cities i should be saying theaters 10 theaters then 30 theaters and maybe 50 theaters you know after you've been out for 30 days you've been 50 theaters and the word of mouth builds and then you can go out across the rest of the country you know it's it's called platform releasing and and really that was the way that you handled the product and it worked. It, it gave word of mouth time to build. And then, you know, the movie opened in New York. And then, you know, maybe six weeks later, it's available in a place like Little Rock. Okay. Yeah, well, you're, you're, and by then, you're getting calls of, are you going to carry word that of movie? Mouth. A lot of word of mouth, right? Right. And so this summer, we've just had, I don't know, for, I don't know if it's good King's English. Maybe it's just redneck Mason Dixon talk, but brain farts on the part of these clowns distributing these, these, these films. I don't know what they're doing. And so they take a movie like Booksmart. Great film, really great film, and they just blow it out and put it on every screen in the country, pretty much every theater in the country, rather, and it's just lost because there's so much summer competition out there for eyeballs right now. Or you take a tremendous motion picture like Late Night, which I'm playing right now, that has Emma Thompson. Really good. Really good film. It's playing at Riverdale, and they just blow that thing out across the country, and it goes to a lot of theaters that it shouldn't play in, and then it just drops off the radar, you know? They shouldn't be handled that way. Now, Late Night's still at Riverdale, but Late Night is a Riverdale-type film. It fits the neighborhood, and it fits our goal at that theater, because we play a couple independent films all the time. Yeah. So I don't know why 
Amazon releasing, uh, Annapurna releasing, they have been two of the distributors this summer that have really dropped the ball on handling these these uh, independent motion pictures. Uh, tier releasing is the way they should have went. Um, and that's the good thing about The Last Black Man in San Francisco. It's been handled in the correct way. Uh, I've got a cool little movie coming up next week called Self-Defense. Uh, that starts Friday at Riverdale 10, and a, that'll be exclusive. Uh, and a cool little movie next week called Wild Rose from Neon Releasing. That starts next Friday at Riverdale 10. And those have both been handled the correct way. But we've had some big, stupid moves this year. Uh, Booksmart and Late Night come to mind. Booksmart did very well at uh, a couple of the, the big film uh, festivals. festivals. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I just think that they took that movie. I'm with you. Yeah. They took that movie and opened it wide, and it did not have. No. Didn't have any big name no. people or anything. And people no. just not going to flock to something like no. that. Film festivals, and something that is popular at a film festival, a film festival is drawing more of a cinephile type crowd, and those are the people that are going to go to your traditional art house type cinemas. Those people that like something at a film festival are hardcore cinephiles. They do not go to megaplexes. They do not go watch blockbusters. That's not their thing. And so to to just blow that film out everywhere, I mean, it played in Cersei, man. <laughs> you know, and 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 like those guys will call me and they'll want a screen and they're and I'm like, okay, man. Well, you know, you're in Riverdale. And they're like, no, man. We want all your locations. I'm like, what? All your locations? Yeah, not a good thing. And I'm like, eh. do I'm you like, understand that movie is not going to play everywhere? And well, they I don't, don't say that, but I'm just like, you know, bro, I mean, I'm sorry, but like you're not going to Granite City, Belleville, Troy can't do it. I mean, you you can't, you know, you, I don't have room for you at the four plexes, you know. Well, you don't need the eight plexes. Give me the eight plexes, man. Come on. And so, you know, I, I, to get them off my back, I play the thing and then nobody watches it. Nobody shows up, and then, which is and a then, wasted theater yeah, for then, you. Yeah, and then they're like, "Well, you know," and I'm like, "Well, it didn't work." And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I, you know, yeah, well, it didn't work, man. Sorry, it didn't work. And I'm like, "Well, you know, I, I told you three months ago it wasn't gonna work." I mean, I know who my customers are, bro. You know, I mean, it's not my fault that you're trying to get you know three thousand runs. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it it just it 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 doesn't make sense. A lot of films that work at Riverdale do not work in these smaller towns. It's just it's just just not, you know. Um, I mean, Booksmart shouldn't have played Cersei, you know. All right, now. Midsummer shouldn't have played Cersei. Before we take our break, yeah. I want to warn everybody. Uh-oh. If you are wanting to see The Lion King mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday, you better buy your tickets today. Or Saturday or Sunday. Because they're going to be gone. I'm just telling you, it's, they're going to be gone. You won't get in. Go, I it's can't believe it. And, and be, you know, Matt's going to do everything he can. He's going to be a madhouse. He's not going to show other movies so that he can place you in to see, uh, you know, Lion King. But here's the bottom line: he only has so many seats. Get your tickets now. Yeah. So if you want to see it, and I know a lot of you do, I'm pretty impressed watching the trailer at this new CGI they got. It looks better than the Jungle Book, and I didn't think it could get much better than that. But they have, and John Favreau is the man behind it, so it's going to be good. It will be good. It will be special. I'm going to go see it. 
even though it doesn't sound like they changed the storyline at all. Why would you, man? I guess not. Why would you? I wish they, for Scar, I do wish that they still had Jeremy Irons. Come on, man. I mean, (laughs) like, are you going to make Apocalypse Now again? I mean, come on. You can't. You can't, bro. You You just can't. can't. I mean, you could, but. And you could, like, redo Cannonball Run or something, but it's something you just can't touch, bro. You cannot redo the Lion King. You can't change the Lion King, man. Yeah. Or you could change it like Scar becomes king. And Dude, you can't. <laughs> what? What? I mean, next you're going to like redo the Ten Commandments? I mean, it's like, what are we going to do? It's like let's, Pet Cemetery. Let's change the Ten they Commandments. They changed it. Why would you change it? It would have been better but, if you would have just followed the Stephen King formula. What can I say? Operate. Let's get a Japanese dude to take Charlton Heston's role, and we'll move the... Yeah. Let's redo Ten Commandments, and we'll call it... No, man, you cannot don't touch work that way. King. All right. You can't touch it. A break. We come back. We got more for you. We're down to a few minutes left here before we get to the bottom of the hour. Next, uh, next uh, half hour, we're going to talk to Earthworm Jim... You who are in the comics will know who I'm talking about. You who are not, stick around. It'll be an interesting conversation. I guarantee it. There's a movie that's Uh-oh. that's out there, yeah. and I was just wondering if you're okay. going to show it. It's called Them That Follow. Them That Follow. It looks pretty good. Oh, them That Follow. It uh, stars mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin Deaver mm-hmm. and Walton Goggins. Now, for people who don't know, Walton Goggins... Uh, was in that uh, series on television called Six. He was one of the uh, the Navy SEALs in it. He was the one that got killed uh, on the pier in it. And he was also in uh, our uh, Justified. Lady he's in Justified. He's a good actor, and he's in it as well. That's it, released on August 2. It sounds interesting. Set deep in the wilds of Appalachia, mm-hmm. where believers handle death-dealing snakes mm-hmm. to prove themselves before God. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Them That Follow tells the story of a pastor's mm-hmm. daughter who holds a secret that threatens to tear her community apart. It sounds like it's got, if they go in and they can really capture that atmosphere, it's got that feel of winter bones yeah, i'm trying to see who the distributor is but i'm familiar with that it's on my radar let me see who the distributor is and i can i can still go back and watch winter bones and and look and say jennifer lawrence could have been a superstar but instead she let the stupidity of hollywood derail her career Oh, she's not the only one. No, I know that, but I'm just saying it's sad with that much talent that you allow that to happen. But she's just a Kentucky girl, what can I tell you? I thought it was a better way out there because it seemed to be so free. Foolish. Okay, let me see here. Company credits. Wow, um, who are they? Never even heard of them. Oh, wait, that says it follows. I'm sorry. I'm trying to oh. find the company credits for them that follow. Well, let me see here. Maybe you can tell us next week. I mean, if I can just tell you who the distributor is, I'll tell you if I'm going to play it or not. Oh, okay. Because I'm not going He's to. Somebody who doesn't know their. Well, butt from I mean, a hole I just, you know, I, I don't I, I don't have time to mess with anybody that's difficult. 
I'm with you. I don't have time for that. I've got, you know, too much demand for those screens. I'm not going to. Well, you yeah, know. that's that's going to be uh, Hobbs and all of that's going to be coming out. Coming yeah, out. I mean, it's just, it's just. Once um, upon a time in Hollywood. That's going to take up more than one screen. Uh, yeah. To say the oh, least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, He's looking. Yeah, I'm you, trying. You to, on Facebook can see. Well, you can I just see he's I can't looking. I can't uh, get it to pull up on my phone here. Okay. Uh, if I was on the computer, maybe I could I could see it, but I cannot see who the distributor is on my phone. All right. So I don't know if I'll I'll mess with it or not. He'll let us know. Yeah. Next week he'll let us know. There you go. That's the way. That's Meanwhile, the way if you want to see the last black man in San Francisco. You go to Riverdale 10 and see it. Late Night, Wild Rose, or The Art of Self-Defense. Awesome, awesome, awesome independent films. Riverdale10.com. Tickets are on sale now, right there. And all four locations are playing Stuber, Crawl, Toy Story 4, Spider-Man Far From Home this weekend. All right. Thank you for coming in, Matt. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you next Friday, 2 o'clock, right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up, Earthworm Jim. Joins us by telephone for about 15 minutes. It's hard to get this guy. It's going to be fun talking to him. Here's the news. I got to tell you, we are so lucky here on the Dave Ellswick Show that we get uh, very, very good guests. We work at it hard, and uh, we come through, and then some of my friends know some of these folks from uh, comic book fame and book fame and uh they call them and they they say yeah i'll do dave's show and they end up on here shane stacks is one of those people he's he's on the line with me right now hey shane what's up uh, hey dave thanks for uh, having me on uh, i'm hopefully not going to be talking much the next 10 minutes or so so that uh, your other guest uh can talk but i just want to say it's very exciting he is he is very, very close to setting the record for crowdfunding a comic book really? project on uh, on Indiegogo, uh, and he's raised. He was already within striking distance last night, and he's <laughs> rema- he's raised just a tremendous amount of money today. And it's uh, you know it's it's. I'll let you do the the further talking, but this is very exciting, and I hope I hope to see this happen. All right, hey Doug, I know you're you're waiting. You're hearing what's going on here. The last time you were on, which was. Two, three weeks ago, you were way over what you thought you would have and ready to go with this whole Earthworm Gym relaunch that you were planning on doing. And doggone it, it just continues to grow. I mean, the people have really gotten excited about this. Well, and to no small part, Mr. Ellswick, to your show and Shane's efforts, too. I appreciate you guys. And by the way, uh, we did just beat the record. Yay! For oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Comic campaign in Indiegogo history. Wow. For, for, for a comic for a comic book. So, that's, so we have our own comic category, and we just hit number one. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, and to put that into perspective, Dave, last night... Uh, I believe it was about $40,000 away. So the amount, and, and, they, and Doug can correct me if that's wrong, but the amount of, of support and enthusiasm for this project, I've never, I, I don't think I've seen anything like it for a comic book crowdfunding it, project. Yeah, it is all the crowd. We're at, we're at five ninety nine right now, six, and we're about to tick over to 600,000 <laughs> with um, 66, over 6,600 backers. So, wow. Yeah, uh, last night we had an explosion on crowdfunding where 
it was kind of uh, all my friends and a lot of them, you know, uh, Jack Prosibiak and stuff. These guys have like 700,000 followers. Some guys with 2 million YouTube subscribers just started spreading the word. And um, it just, it, it's kind of like success begins success when it's that kind of a viral thing blowing up with a grassroots thing. Everyone just starts retweeting it and sending the word out. So it's kind of nice when Twitter for once does something positive in your life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Instead of them uh, attacking you because you're a conservative, that's for sure. So Doug, Doug yeah, and, they, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of people who came out and attacked me uh, for my faith. They, um, called me a homophobe and just the usual yeah. stuff. And, and it was weird because suddenly hundreds of people came back at them saying, no, no, I know I'm in, you know, so it, it's, uh, it's nice when, when it's not just a one way dog pile, but now there's, uh, there's people advocating for you publicly, which, uh, which, which is really probably in just happening in the last couple of years. It, it was, uh, it was pretty lonely before, uh, before that. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. The key is when uh, people start attacking the good guys, the people who have always known the good guys have to push back. It's kind of like Gorka with that, that reporter. I mean, right. you, right. you got to stand up for yourself. And, and we're used to being kind of cowed into silence. And in a lot of ways, silence really is uh, acceptance. It's conceding the ground and admitting you're wrong. And so there's too many... It's kind of like too many people are are nice and they have manners and they're humble and they're not uh, conflict oriented, you know, argumentative people. And so a lot of good people just stay quiet. And then it allows just the, the angry screamers to go out and mass publicize a terrible narrative about, frankly, a lot of really good people. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So for my listeners who are going to want to be part of this again, as we've been talking about before, but now it's coming to an end, and if you want to get in on this, you better get in on it. Uh, tell them what you're doing with Earthworm Jim. Sure. Earthworm Jim, is a, it's basically the first time I've had access to the comic book rights of my own creation that I did 27 years ago. It was like a number one video game and a TV show and a, a, a toy line. Um, from the from the people who made Ninja Turtles, you know, so it, but it kind of fell. It, it made a lot of people's childhood, and now they're all grown up and having kids of their own. So now I got access to the comic rights, and I've been doing comic books for twenty years since I was doing video games. Mm -hmm. And so I finally get to tell the Earthworm Jim story. So it's a hundred and sixty page hardbound book, and because we raised six hundred thousand dollars, all not all the money, but a ton of the money goes into the production of the book. So we can do keep bumping up the print quality. So now it's a hardbound book. It's got, you know, gold leafing on the end sheets. It's got two colors of gold leafing on the cover and UV, you know, uh, high gloss coating. It comes with patching and all kinds of little free earthworm gym crafts and things that the family can do together. And it's a, it's a family oriented, uh, full color, giant hardcover book so it it is a I, I like i like calling my print design style somewhere between uh, uh like the like a trump <laughs> because the, <laughs> there's so much gold lacing on we have gold gilded edges and you know i just started kind of pouring it on and uh, it's a beautiful book so they can they can find it by going to indiegogo 
and looking up Earthworm Jim, and it'll show up. It's probably on the front page now anyways. We talked to Tim Lim the last time you were on, and Mark uh, Pellegrini was here, and all of them were doing nothing more than just ballyhooing how wonderful what you are doing is. I mean, you've gone... This is not the Walking Dead, you know, kind of comic. This is much, much nicer. It's funner. It's made to make people laugh and smile and have a good time. If you, if there's any kind of a, if there's any kind of a message in it at all, it's uh, you know, and this is uh, kind of burying the whole thing within a fairy story, right? A worm is low, <laughs> and he has a and he has a super suit that gives him strength. So, so it's a meek will inherit the earth kind of story, right? It's a. It's going to be good. I'm just telling you, Doug, for the people who are getting into this, uh, when would they expect to see their book? It will get there. My goal is to give everyone a Christmas present, so it, would, it should get there by Christmas. Um, and that includes, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, already sending 800 books, one for every member of Beale Air Force Base out of Sacramento. We're giving them a, give them a Christmas present, and, I, and there's a tier called Send 10 Books to Beale Air Force Base. So the backers can help me out with that. But even if they don't help, I'm sending those books out. So, But to, back to Tim Lamb, all right? He's a, he's a friend of mine and a, and a, a great fellow uh, comic creator and Christian man. And uh, it encourages them, too, to see support. So we encourage each other. We're behind the scenes in Twitter sending each other personal messages like, stay strong, you can do it stand your ground, and you see people just get hit from all sides by all of these woke uh, secular progressives that just, they, they have an easy dog pile of their little 15 people that they yep. send out to attack campaigns and try to ruin, ruin frankly, my income where I support my wife and four kids. Absolutely. Hey, Shane, while you're still there listening, yes. what, what does the success that uh, Doug is having mean to someone like you? Uh, well, it means a lot, one, because, I, you know, as we've talked about a lot on your show and on my show, uh, many people who are fans of comic books are very troubled by what's been going on in the comic book industry for the past several years. Uh, it almost seems like people are intentionally trying to destroy it from within, and those that aren't seem to be wanting to co-opt uh, mainstream, beloved characters that have been in pop culture 50, 60, 70 years into ideological agendas used for social conditioning, not social commentary. So to see somebody uh, like Doug or, or some of these other folks come along and be this successful by and, and to completely bypass what is considered the traditional comic book industry is is very very uh, encouraging to me, um, and you know. And on top of that, I just want to uh, remind people or, or stress that the way this works, it's Indiegogo. So go to i n d i e g o g o indiegogo dot com and just search for Earthworm Jim, and you can you can get a copy of this. I, I would the way that that Doug is doing this when the campaign's over. You can't just go buy it somewhere else. So if you want to be a part of history, uh, record-setting, uh, comic book project based around a beloved uh, character and franchise that goes back to the 90s, this is it. And I think it ends in about 10 or 11 hours. The other thing, if, if somebody is like, you know, 
I want to support what Doug's doing, and I want to support you know Dave's enthusiasm about it. But I just I'm not into comic books. This this ten books to Beale Air Force Base thing is amazing because he he's literally trying to make a gift of this to our airmen at Beale Air Force Base that are that are literally trying to keep us safe. So I, I think that's amazing. Well, being an Air Force vet, I think it's a great thing you're doing, Doug. These are these are our bravest and best. A bunch of twenty-year-old kids that were raised on Earthworm Jim. So I went to that base and I got to. They uh, the cap. I mean, they had me design the nose art on a KC one thirty-five. <laughs> so I did very so cool because he was an Earthworm Jim fan. So I designed the nose art and I went around that base and I was just so impressed with them that we became instant friends. They said, "We're going to send your art." Uh, into the into the field into the theater, and uh, you're going to go with us. <laughs> and I go, yeah, that's great. So they, you know, they were just so impressive to me that I really wanted to give. It's important to me to give them this gift. These are, these fans are going to get a great, great book. So I'm excited. All yeah. right, Doug, I'll I'll keep my word. Ten minutes. Thank you so much for joining us. A great patriot. This is a guy who's a great Christian, he's a follower of Christ, and he makes sure that people know that if you can get involved with this, do so, dealing with Earthworm Jim. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate the time, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Elworth. I appreciate it. Thank you, too, Shane. All right. Talk to you. you. you Shane, we'll talk to you as well. You guys have a great uh, weekend, if you will. All right. Thanks so much, Dave. All right. Coming back, uh, we're going to talk to Steve Meeks. We're going to talk about looking at the moon. That's happening up in Greenbrier. That's coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Hey, coming up in Greenbrier, uh, they're going to have a free moon gaze at the Greenbrier Event Center at 8 p.m. And this is to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. And I know in Greenbrier they hear hear us clean as a bell. Let's go talk to us. uh, State uh, Representative uh, Stephen Meeks, who's helping put this on. Stephen, what what brought this all up? Well, uh, as you mentioned, it's the uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing, and uh, just the way the moon phase has worked out this month, this weekend is the best opportunity to uh, hold a public event, let folks see the uh, moon through a telescope, and get a close-up view of the area where the Apollo nine, uh, or excuse me, Apollo eleven astronauts landed. It's a you know, I was talking about it after I, I've read this a few times, letting everybody know that it's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I had uh, Matt Smith here. They're showing uh, a movie about Apollo mm-hmm. 11 on Tuesday mm-hmm. at the Riverdale 10. Mm-hmm. But there's something about looking through a telescope and looking at the moon yourself that uh, yes. kind of uh, adds a little mystery to that whole thing. I mean... It was in nineteen. It was sixty-eight. It was a huge, huge, huge oh, event oh, yeah. for the United States and for the world. Right. It, uh, you know, you might could say that uh, make the argument that it was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, achievement of the twentieth century. Yeah. And uh, there was actually a lot of politics involved, which we, uh, we obviously don't have the time to get into all that this afternoon. But, uh, yeah, if folks have never had the chance to see the moon through a telescope, it's a uh, beautiful view. It's, uh, you know, it's like the difference between looking at a photograph of something and actually going and seeing it in person. Uh, seeing with, you know, it almost takes on a three-dimensional view. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, I kind of like to describe it. You can hear descriptions of what it's like to go to Disney World or to the Bahamas. 
but it's a whole separate experience when you actually get to go there. Uh, unfortunately, we can't quite go back to the moon yet, but uh, in order to get a good look at it through the telescope on a clear night and to realize that 12 Americans have walked there, uh, it's, uh, and especially considering uh, everything that they went through in order to do that, uh, you know, if you watch some of the specials on TV that are running right now that talks about it's just amazing what they accomplished using 19, you know, 60s technology, and they pulled it off in less than eight years. You know, in 1961, Alan Shepard was the first American yep. in space, quote unquote. His flight lasted 15 minutes. They basically put him on a missile, shot him in the sky, and got him up high enough to say he w went into space. And uh, then uh, President Kennedy, because we were falling behind the uh, Russians, uh, it seemed like every turn back then. Uh, we just, uh, Kennedy had just uh, had the defeat at the Bay of Pigs down in Cuba. And so he needed a bold initiative to get the country to rally and uh, to look forward to something. And he did the moon proposal for the moonshot. Of course, he was assassinated shortly thereafter. Thankfully, when Johnson took office, he was a huge uh, space uh, guy. He believed in uh, the benefits of it for our country. Because during the, the mid-60s, the Apollo program, it only had about uh, 35 40% of the support of America. Uh, Americans thought it was a waste of money, especially given everything else going on. And, you know, 500 years from now, you know, the Lord Terry's is coming. If people look back to the 20th century, the one thing that they're still going to be talking about is Neil Armstrong setting foot on the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Are you ready? We don't do it because it's easy. But because it is hard. It's hard. And, uh, you know, we uh, I think we would all love to hear our uh, leaders espousing virtues like that more often than uh, than maybe we do. Yeah. So Instead of, uh, let, let me but, I'm, I'm going to jump in on you because I got just ask you, do you hear the latest news late last weekend about Orion? Mm -hmm. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Orion is the new yeah, space oh, yeah. capsule for the Apollo, basically. So yeah, definitely. It it passed its final test, and mm -hmm. it's just waiting to go. Yes, yeah, and that that was very encouraging news. And uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because not only is NASA trying to get back to the moon, of course, uh, SpaceX is trying to get there, and also Blue Origin. So you actually have the American government, two private American companies, and uh, you know the Chinese, the uh, I think India. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Russia is uh, Israel, so, uh, Europe, Israel. And so it's going to be interesting to see who the first person is going to be to get back to the moon. And, uh, you know, it's going to be great. I'm I'm 48. So the last time humans walked on the moon, I was uh, probably not even walking yet. No, and you weren't. So there's a lot of. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was born in 70. The last time they were up there was 72. And so. Uh, you know, my dad can tell me what it was like to watch Neil Armstrong walk on the moon, but my generation and younger, we've never had that experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the promise of not only going back to the moon, but maybe going back to Mars, it, uh, it gives us as humans and our sense of curiosity, something to look forward to. All right. And, uh, last statement for you. Did you hear what vice president Pence told them they replaced, yep. uh, one of the top honchos there and told mm -hmm. them get with it they want to be yep. there by 2024 or earlier so uh yep. there's they're putting the pressure on nasa like they did back in the late 60s again yep 
And I'm glad because, as you and I both know, it's easy for the bureaucracy to get bogged down and things not to get done. And, uh, you know, if our, uh, you know, the generation before us can go from nothing to putting people on the moon in less than eight years, and they showed us how to do it, uh, and all we're doing, essentially we're obviously we're modernizing it and we're trying to go to stay and and uh, going to the moon is no easy feat, but if they can do it, surely we can do it in that time. We just have to have the national political will to do it, and uh, thankfully it seems that uh, the current administration does. And you know, uh, as uh, I you know go around with this uh, planetarium program that I've got, I've been to three states and all over Arkansas, and the idea of uh, the space program it has a lot of public support. I, a lot of people I agree. That, you know. I agree with you. All right, Stephen, I want to say thanks again. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is going to be at 8 o'clock tonight, correct? Right, 8 o'clock tonight, the Greenbrier Event Center. The event is free. Uh, This is something we're doing just to try to get kids excited about this event. We will have some Apollo, some NASA memorabilia, meteorite, uh, things like that. No formal program. It's just basically, you know, come and uh, take a look at the moon. Have fun. All right. Thanks so much. I got to run. We're, we got news coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Into the uh, four o'clock hour we go. And uh, being a Friday, it's a fun Friday. Good stuff happening. Uh, let you know that the uh, Cardinals are at home tonight as we. Uh, Fire up Major League Baseball again after the All-Star break. They're taking on the D-backs. D-backs got a 46-45 year going on while the uh, Cardinals 44-44 type year. 7-15 first pitch. Uh, Ray going for Arizona. 6-6, 3.96 ERA. Ponce de Leon going for the Cards. All right, he's 1-0, 2.16, but he's only pitched a couple times, so we'll have to see what he can do tonight. Uh, in that central division right now in, in National League, it is about as tight as you can get. Yeah, isn't your car, your Cubs, I'm, I'm sorry, but your Cubs only up by two games, I believe? Against, uh, yeah, against cards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, right now, going to put a little, it looks like they're going to put a little pressure uh, on uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee. The, Milwaukee, Milwaukee only half game out. Mm-hmm. They're taking on the Giants on the West Coast uh, or nowhere at home tonight. Uh, but the Cubs just broke through. It was a zip zip game at Wrigley. Yeah, and uh, the Cubs have played it three. Chris Bryant with a home run to left field, and uh, I know one run walked in. Another run uh, that. Uh, that new rookie they got that they brought up who's playing second base. Okay. Garcia, I think is his last name, uh, got got a uh, sacrifice fly. Yeah. So three runs in. Cool. Going into the uh, top of the eighth. Oh, and they brought – I thought they were going to bring in, you know, Strope. They didn't. They brought in Sizik. Okay. For the eighth. Mm-hmm. But that's – he's so – he's difficult to hit just because it's a delivery. And right now he is uh, got an ERA of two point seven two, so and then everybody's waiting for the killer who's out, <laughs> standing out in the bullpen, ready to come in for the uh, the ninth inning. But uh, 
Cubs had bases loaded. Evidently, Schwarber hit into a double play and ended the inning. Not good. That, Sounds like Paul Goldschmidt's year, basically. That's what you just what you just yeah, described. Yeah, you know, but he started playing better towards yeah, the end of San, last month at San Francisco. But he plays good at San Francisco all the time. Exactly. Now he's in Arizona. Let's see what he does. But then again, you know, you you bring up those points, but then you also look at his numbers uh, career wise against the Cubs. But then you see his numbers this year against the Cubs. Well, guess what? He's not playing well against the Cubs. No. So, I mean, yeah, you know, you're right. He always plays well against San Francisco, you know, and those other teams. But I have to see it to believe it. Well, Giants and the Brewers at it tonight, 7-10. Brewers 47-44. Giants 41-48. Going for San Francisco, Anderson. He's three and two on the year, four point two three ERA for Milwaukee Anderson. So it's Anderson versus Anderson. Uh he is four and two mm-hmm. and got uh a four point three two uh E R A. The Reds, the other team who, who's not out of it by a long shot now either. They may have the best pitching in the central uh, you know, in National League. Yeah. The Reds uh, 41 and 46 taking uh, on the Rockies. That should be a slugfest. Uh, 44-45 for Cincinnati Gray. Uh, 3.59 ERA. He's 5-5 for the year. And Gray for Colorado. How many games can you have? Both pictures are the same last <laughs> name. Uh, 9 and 6, and he's got a 3.92. So uh, that uh, first pitch for that mountain time, which would be uh, that's what an hour seven by- point uh, a seven forty would be eight forty our time, something like that. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Mm-hmm. Got to add an hour with them. So you, you got that, uh, you got that going on. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching the Cardinals tonight. We'll see. You know, it's the second I half of the would season. If I could get them, yeah. This is. Th- I'm telling you what, it's important. To get a good start when yeah. you come back, mm-hmm. you know I I was not surprised that the Cubs didn't come out of the the blocks this game just spraying the ball all over the ball field because Pirates didn't either. You've been off for four days, right? You, you, your timing's mm-hmm. off a little bit. You know you haven't seen live pitching for a while, so we'll see how it all works out and how it all comes out in. The end. But, they, uh, so you say it was Ponce de, de Leon who's going to pitch for the Cardinals tonight? Yes. Okay. All right. I guess that's how he pronounces his name. I don't know. You know, but that's that's how it's spelled. Let's just put it that way. I hear it goes through one ear, it goes out the other. So yeah. I just pronounce it the way it looks. I'm but. just. I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep my eyes open because I don't know how much rain that we're going to get out of uh, Barry. That's yeah. coming over uh, the uh, wonderful city of New Orleans. I like visiting New Orleans. I would not want to live there. Uh, just too low for me. And it's it's a place that I figure is asking to get sucker punched all the time. <laughs> but uh, I love the food down there. And I like the museums. And uh, I like the people. People are, are really cool. The food is what I really draws me there. Do I go down, you know, to the quarter? Nah, not anymore. You know, 
you, you've been there a couple of times. If you've gone there when you're younger, you know, you don't want to go back when you're older. I'm just just saying, you know. Uh, you might want to go down just to, to grab, uh, you know, a bite to eat or something like that. But even you got to really talk to me to get me to go down into the French Quarter to even go eat because you, it's amateur night every night there. The people walking around, you know, and I get tired of hearing all the kids beating on the buckets, you know, <laughs> try, trying to show their, their great percussive, uh, you know, chops. You know, a few years ago, big thing was guitars and uh and horns, and now it's, you know, drumsticks and buckets, plastic buckets at that, not even metal buckets, plastic buckets. And I got to, I you know, I got to say some of these kids may end up being fantastic drummers sometime in their lifetime, but, you know, I'm just telling for the people, if you got a hangover, you may not want to <laughs> go in the French Quarter. You start banging on those things all the time. All right, we're going to get a get a break in. We'll go over some news with you. Uh, Robert Steinbach's coming up. He'll be uh, joining us here in the uh, near future. And uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll talk a little bit more baseball because there's been a change in baseball that's really important that's coming up. Trade deadline, last day of this month. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? I'll tell you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, before I talk about the baseball, a story just popped up that I got to talk about. I, I was just talking to, uh, to Zach about it. Zach, were you a big Candyman fan? Have you seen the movie? No, I've seen it once before when I was a kid. That was it. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you're not, you need to go back and watch it again because yeah. it is a classic. There's no doubt about it. And uh, Tony Todd was fantastic as Candyman. Good movie. It's it was filmed in Chicago. It was filmed. Uh, it was an urban horror uh, movie. It is a urban legend as far as the Candyman is concerned. Say his name three times, and he suddenly appears. And uh, you know he's uh, he's in Caprini Green in Chicago, which was one of the most out of control, dangerous places to live back in the uh, 60s, 70s in Chicago. It was terrible, terrible, terrible place. And they've torn it down since then. It was uh, it was built by the government. It was government-subsidized housing. It was not a great place to be at at all. I uh, It got to be that I wouldn't go see the White Sox play because Caprini Green was like on the other side of the Dan Ryan uh, from uh, the ball field, and when you parked, you didn't know you came back out if your whole car was going to be there or if the car itself would be gone. So it was not good. But here's the key. Now, for you who are horror fans like me, Nia DaCosta has been named to be the director of a sequel to Candyman. And uh, the Chicago Tribune reported today that DaCosta's Candyman is slated to start filming in Chicago in mid-August and wrap up in the early fall. Now, you're going to want to wrap up in the early fall because you don't want to be still filming in wintertime in Chicago. I'm just telling you. Uh, The site 
uh, also said that Chicago is the only place where the movie is going to be shot. That seems only fair because that's where the movie's been shot every time, though filming locations haven't been revealed. Uh, It's going to be shot both on live sets in Chicago and on set in Chicago. If Beale Street could talk actress Yona Paris is reportedly going to play the girlfriend of an art dealer obsessed with the legend of Candyman in the film. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II will also star. Now, I have to admit to you, I don't know who that guy is. The new movie returns to the neighborhood where the legend began. The now gentrified section of Chicago where the the Caprini Green housing projects once stood. Release date, June 12th, 2020. I'll be there. I'll be there. Will Tony Todd be in the movie? That it, Everybody's asking that question. I'd like to know if he's going to be. He still looks pretty good for his age. And uh, let him be, you know, let him be, you know, the, the the old candy man and he's passed it on to some other, but I want to see him open up that jacket and all those bees be there. That, I'm just telling you, that was a crazy, crazy movie. It, uh, in its day, it was one of the, the scary ones, no doubt about it. It was a great movie. And uh, let's take a look here. I got... Uh, Candyman, let me see. What year did that come out? I think it came out in 1992. That's it, 1992. And do uh, you remember who the actress was? I don't. Virginia Madsen was uh, the lead actress. Uh, then you had Tony Todd in it. Vanessa Williams was in it. Uh, Dewan Guy was in it playing a small part as Billy had Ted Ramey in it. And uh, last but not least, uh, you had Eric Edwards, who was in it. Bernard Rose did the uh, director uh, on that. Who, I know know what you're thinking. You're saying, okay, who were the writers today? Because the writers this time, Jordan Peele. Whoa, whoa, bringing in the big guns. Clive Barker wrote the original movie, okay? And it's uh, based on the book The Forbidden. Also, Bernard Rose helped write the script, and he's uh, he was, of course, uh, directing in the movie uh, as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Allergies kicking in today. Was rated R for violence and gore back in the day. The Candyman is a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. So, um, a little little bit for you here. The bees were bred specifically for this movie. They needed to make sure that the bees were only 12 hours old so that they would look 
like mature bees. Now, why do you think they need to look like mature bees but weren't? Think. Am I here? Are you ready? So that they look like mature bees, but their stingers wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real damage. Because they had bees all over people in this movie. That p- that picture of Tony Todd and the bees in his mouth and everything. I mean, he actually had bees in his mouth for that. And had the CGI back then. It says Tony Todd was stung by bees 23 times during the space of the Candyman trilogy. Uh, a Candyman killer in real life who is different to the fictional Candyman Dean Carrill was a serial killer in the Houston, Texas area who raped and murdered numerous boys from 1970 to 73. He would lure children into his home using candy from his family's factory. So the media dubbed him the candy man. Dean Carrell had two teenage accomplices who helped lure the young boys. But when Dean plotted to rape and kill one of them, they shot and killed him. And on the DVD commentary, Alan Pohl said that had Virginia Madsen been unavailable, the part of Helen would have most likely gone to a then-unknown Sandra Bullock. (laughs) And when you watch that movie, think of that when you watch that movie that it was Sandra Bullock doing. And you want to hear how, how gutsy Virginia Madsen was? She's highly allergic to bees. So an ambulance was always on set while filming the bee sequences. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. All right. So I'm ready. I'm ready for that to come back out and do its thing. All right. Promise that we talk about the uh, trading deadline for baseball finishes up at the end of this month. Why is that important? What's different this year from last year's? I, I actually do not even know. Well, you used to be able to do some final trades in August. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This year, you make your you got to make your decision by the end of all uh, of uh, pardon me July, mm-hmm. and uh, or that's sit it. on your hands because you're it. done. You know, it's going to be do your business or get off the pot. Yeah. And word is that the Cubs are going to be out um, buying if they play well in july yeah see my team they really haven't made any news as far as if they're going to make any moves in the free agents me and the you know the trade well, they're deadline. still they're still using their name st louis's name keeps coming up about Bumgardner. yeah but that's quieted down recently Has i it? mean really there's there hasn't been much talk about any moves being made possibly for the team and then when you talk about pitchers that are out there what name do you always hear? The Yankees. Yeah. You know, the Yankees are way ahead of everybody. What? They don't need anybody. Right. I mean, they just need some people to get healthy. And then they're going to be the Bronx Bombers again. No doubt about it. They're going to be like the Yankees that I uh, I used to go see when I was a kid back in the 60s. Mm. And I I remember my dad telling me, yeah, they're good. They ain't nothing like the 40s Yankees. <laughs> and they didn't have anybody that had so much money that they'd just go out and buy the team. I mean, they buy their team now. Right. The guy that own, owns them now 
is, is was that is that the son of uh, the former owner? I'm not sure if he's the son of Steinbrenner. Yeah, I think t- he is. And you know, he's spent well over the limit for this team right now. Yeah, he may be going further over the limit. He's going to be giving up draft picks left and right. Unbelievable. He, I guess, if you want to win a World Series, you got to be all in. But everybody says it's going to be the Dodgers this year. I'll believe it when I see it. Right. When it's all on the line, can they pull it off? That's the question. They haven't been able the last few years. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they can or or not. And I'll, we'll talk more. We'll talk more. A little baseball today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Why not? We'll be back right after the news, which is now. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And I shouldn't have talked about the Cubs. Gave up a three-run dinger, top of the eighth inning. Tie game now? Yep, 3-3. Three, three. Mm. I don't know who the pitcher is that did it. It was either Ryan or Sissick. Uh, I don't see who I don't see who gave up the home run. I'm looking here because they don't they don't put they put hits, but they don't put if it was a home run. Yeah, I mean Darvish today pitched a uh, three hitter. I mean he pitched well today, really really well, uh, um, unbelievable, unbelievably well. So who gave up the home run? Strope. They brought Strope in. He gave up. He gave up the home run. Pitched two uh, two thirds of an inning. Gave up two hits, three runs, three earned runs, walked one. Sounds like the Cardinals. You know, but we've lost terrible, games like terrible that. outing. I mean, that's a terrible outing. You know, if I if I'm if I'm the Cubs, or, this is a guy that they've been, you know, putting their eggs in his basket. And he, ha- I'm just saying, he ain't delivered this year. Uh, he has just not done uh, the job. Yeah, 5.06 ERA. Why do you even bring him in? Yeah, we have a pitcher, a starting pitcher by the name of Jack Flaherty. He's only like 24, 25 years old, and he pitched well last year as a rookie. And we expected him to be our ace this year. Well, you know, he's come down about two or three notches. So I mean, uh, I understand. Well, by the way, Darvish went six today, two hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. It's a great outing. And you have no, number one, during the time he's pitching, he got no offensive production at all behind him. It's terrible. But, I'm, you know, I'm looking at these ERAs, uh, Zach, and I'm, I'm not happy. I mean, even though during the time of this live ball and the guy who's head of uh, baseball now even admits we wanted to make the baseball more aerodynamic. Yeah, they juiced it, okay? That's what he's basically saying. Uh, yeah, come on, man. Let me just run down these ER- these ERAs here. I, I mean, I, look, I understand. I lived during the golden age of baseball, okay? But uh, you've got... How does this? Let's see here. I want to hear them because I'm looking at my teams right now. There you go. I'm looking for them again. I lost them here. I'm going back to here's the pitchers here. Oh, there we go. I, I hit the Pirates. Go back to the Cubs. Darvish, 4.72. Okay. Ryan, 
3.41. Sizzik, 2.72. Good. Good ERA, all right? I think that a major league pitcher, if they're with the money they're paying them now, should be throwing under three ERA or out of there. You won't hear me argue with you about that. Okay. Strope, 5.06. Rosario, he's a rookie, all right? Five. Send him back to AAA, man. I'm sorry. He needs work. If you got a five ERA, you need to go back down and work on your pitching. This way, uh, that's what I got for you right now. Left in scoring positions, running in scoring position, three for six. Team left on base, six. Yeah, this is sometime the the manager going to have to have a meeting with the players. I'm just saying, Cubs just scored, bottom of the eighth. Okay. All right, but it's 4-3. But still, I I got problems with this Man. whole thing and with these pitchers. Well, then I really ha- do. If you were a Cardinals fan, you would really have issues then because I'm looking at their ERA numbers right now. Not good. What's your what's your main names look like? What's Walker got now? Walker, he's um at five point five four. Wow. Yes. You know, he had a couple of injuries over the years. Do you think that his time is already winding down? It's crazy because he's only twenty seven. I remember a few years back when he was pitching over in in Memphis. Yeah. And uh, Mark, my buddy and I were trying to get over to Memphis to catch a a game that he pitched, and we we saw that he was going to pitch, mm-hmm. and we went to Memphis, and they called him up uh, before we could see him pitch. Goodness, no, it's a five point five four ERA, and wow. that's the worst of the starting pitching because oh, wow. our lowest of the starting pitching is Dakota Hudson, twenty four years old, yeah. and that's a three point five one. Now you just lost that fi- that that real fireball guy, didn't you? Yeah, we lost Jordan Hicks about a few weeks ago. We lost him to the for the season. Yeah, now he's got to have Tommy John, right? I think so, or something similar, whatever. But okay. it was a major injury. All yeah. right. What's Wayne, Wayne White doing? He's uh, 4.31. He's about done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he, look, he's he's a smart pitcher, though. Exactly. I mean, he know, he's been playing the game long enough that he knows you don't have to throw 98 to be able to. To get someone to out. beat a guy yeah. up at the plate, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know, man. That's uh, no. Yeah, Cubs, what happened on that play? Let's see who what scored here. Bottom of the eight. Jason Hayward singled on a line drive left field. Brian Reynolds, uh, Chris Bryant scores. Victor Caratini is at second. Four to three. Nobody out. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Cubs get it. It's coming out. Kitchell's coming. Okay, he's coming out of the out of the bullpen. We're paying the big money. Come out and do your job now. All right. That's, that's the way it's got to happen. That's the way it it has got to go. So we will see how it all works out before it's all said and done. I just want to get the Cubs. Look, you look at that team and the talent they have on it. Yeah. There is no reason why the Central is so close. I'm just I'm being honest. Here, well, to folks. tell you the truth, you feel that way about your team. I feel the same about mine. The talent we have on my, on the Cardinals, and it's just like it makes no sense. And they went out and spent some money too. 
You know what I'm saying? They went out and got Goldsmith. That wasn't cheap. Exactly. And, I mean, he's basically has given us average stuff. You know what's interesting about him is that, you know, you understand if you go out and you trade for somebody in the American League and they come to the National, because sometimes he can take a half a season for you to get used to the strike zone and uh, the pitchers. And I see what you're saying there because, to me, when I saw the trade – I'm like, you know, I looked at his age. The first thing I look at is a player's age. You know, could they be on the downside of their career or could they be at their peak? And he's already 31. He's going to be 32 this year. And if you look at his numbers year by year, they've been coming down slowly but surely, you know, each year for the past about three seasons. So, I mean, you know, Goldschmidt, you know, yeah, he still had a great year last year and we expected more of him this year, you know, coming over to hopefully, you know, give us power. But... Guy's just been average. I mean, he's hitting to double plays, a lot of fly balls. He's just, you know, hey, you know, we need you to make a play right here. Get us a hit to bring someone in or to bring them closer to home base. Like, make a play right here. He's failed us, you know, time in and time out. And it's just like we're paying you too much money for you to be doing this because our power hitter, you know, he's hurt right now. That's Ozuna. You know, he's been, you know. He's hurt? He's hurt. He hurt How his bad hand. is his hand a hand injury? Oh yeah, he broke his hand. Yeah, and so you know he's our power hitter. He's our money maker. You know what about he, that other kid that's out there in the outfield? Doesn't play it very well, but he hits like a ton. Oh, you talk about uh, Jose Martinez? Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, how's he still? Is he's, he still lighting it up? He's still two eighty plus. Nice. Yeah, he's still doing well, and um, you know we do need Harrison Bader to um, hit better. You know he's great <laughs> defensively. You know, I mean, he's I mean, he's one of the best. But as far as you know, at the plate, you know, it's like you got deliver. You know, you're around two twenty right now from yeah. Bat. That's not you can't keep. That's a liability. Yeah. I don't care how well he plays. I mean, I've put up with that for the last couple of years with Hayward and yeah. Hayward this year playing well. And then of course, Matt Carpenter. I mean, he's just coming <laughs> off the DL, or you know, coming to the end of his career. Yeah. You know, he's just, it, it, it was, it's been terrible, you know, whether he's starting off, leaning off at the first position, or, you know, we've moved him to two, to three. We tried him all over the lineup, and he's just been bad this year. Yeah. So we got this young kid by the name of Tommy Edmond. He's been clutch. He's a hitter. And he's not big at all. You look at him, he looks like he's 5 feet 11, maybe 6 feet tall, and 170 what pounds. What position Third base, second base, okay, shortstop. Okay, well, I'm just saying, because Carpenter, you need somebody for third base. Now. Well, this guy, Edmund, he's only 24 years old. He can play third base. Okay, so maybe he's the, the future for the cards. I hope know? so. And we'll see. And I don't see, I'll be honest with you, I don't see how the Brewers do it for the simple reason that their starting pitching sucks. Yeah. It does. It's terrible. And their bullpen is even worse. Gosh, you know, what does they say about this division as a whole? It's weird. It's just... It's weird. It's the closest of all the races. And but the best pitching by far on any team is for the Cincinnati Reds. It makes no sense. It does. It does not make any sense. I agree. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. I promise I won't talk baseball. Well, I won't make that promise because I just might have to say something else. More coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. A quick check here. Kimbrell comes in. Three up, 
Three down. Struck out two. Ground out on one. So, bottom line, final, Cubs four, Pirates three. Winning pitching, Rosario. Kim, I don't say how Rosario could be the winning pitcher. Kimbrough came in at the bottom of the ninth. Well, they scored the bottom of the eighth. That's what it was. Cubs went up four to three. Haywood with the uh, winning hit today. Good for him. Good. He's been he's been well. What's he hitting now? I he's, bet he's probably uh, hitting around like two sixty or two seventy. Let's see. And I'll tell you real quickly here. Hold on. Go to the box score again. And uh, Hayward, two seventy. Betting two seventy right now. That's much better than the last couple of years. Yeah, your team's lineup up and down the lineup, and um, Jake's his Braves. I mean, two of the deepest offensive lineups in baseball. And you just somebody who really has to, I think, get it on is Schwarber. Hmm. He's only batting two twenty four. Oh, that's all he's hitting. Uh, Baez is at 289, Bryant 297, Rizzo 273, Caratini, who was in today, you know, to fill for the catcher, 289, Haywood 270, Garcia, the rookie, 308, and uh, Russell came in 242. Russell's going to get traded offseason. He may get traded this month. Uh, Almora 251. And then uh, that's uh, that's uh, their starting lineup, basically. Goodness, man, because I'm looking at mine, and I don't want to. Not good? Cardinals? No, not okay. good. Those BAs are not good. Yeah. Only one is on Martinez, of course, because he just knows how to hit. Who's a, Is there a guy, there's, there's somebody hitting over 400. Do you know who that is? Somebody's hitting over 400, not for the Cardinals or the Cubs, yeah. but are hitting over 400. For one of the major league teams, oh here can I find it by just typing in four hundred hitter twenty nineteen. Let's see who we got here. Is uh you know it's been for um been going kind of crazy. That's May twenty second. That's not a, MLB will likely never see another player hit four hundred in a season. Who is they talking to? I mean, everybody was saying Cody uh, Bellinger was going to do it, and he's he's really cooled down. Now, officially for the um, American League, the highest hitter is 336 by LeMahieu in New York. And then um, the National League, there was um, 349 by McNeil for Okay, the then there is not anybody even close. Yeah. yeah Ted Williams. Going to be the last 400 hitter, right? I'm, I'm beginning to believe that, to be honest. I man. think you can bank on that. I was lucky to see him play in the twilight of his career, and he was better than most ball players as he was finishing. Yeah. Yeah, he was a strange cat, though. You know that, right? Have you read anything about Ted Williams? When he died, he had his head taken off of his body, and it's frozen. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yes. He's cryogenically head is cryogenically frozen. Mr. Freeze. (laughs) (laughs) Different ball player. I just say different things. Oh, by the way, did you did you see that the guy who wrote Ball for Bouton, you know, the the catcher, um, who did he play for? Did he play for the to the Yankees? He he wrote the ball the 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 the, uh, book Ball Four. Okay, which was kind of a. 
a lot of people hated him for because it was an he was honest about how a lot of these guys were really when they weren't on the baseball diamond. Because yeah. let's 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 all remember back in the '60s and into the early '70s, ball players were still looked up to. They were as pure as the you know. Uh, driven snow and and all of that, uh, you know. And then he started coming out and talking about the carousing of Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford, how they would go out and get loaded and show up with and play ball with hangovers and, <laughs> and things like that. And a lot of people, a lot of people got irritated with that. Yeah. Um, I talked to Mickey Mantle one time. Uh, remind me during the break to tell you the story he the, what he said mm. and I because I asked him about it because I didn't believe he would have said it yeah and he said yeah not my best day mm. <laughs> I mean look I I understood they weren't you know really you know perfect people I mean we all know that as a kid though you thought they were like demigods you know when they when they were playing but you know people like billy martin i mean everybody had to know he was nowhere close to being a nice guy (laughs) and uh, and he wasn't but uh now richardson that's a different story who played with the you know with the, the yankees he was a he was a a christian and he lived his life on the field as well he did he did good, but uh, yeah, that's Bobby Richardson, I think, was who that was. Just look, I'm, you know this. You've talked to me enough. I am all in when it comes to to baseball. I love baseball, so I I still I don't understand Mark. I don't understand why people think it's boring. I know I know Mark is listening. They just don't. If you don't understand the game, you might think it's boring. And plus, you got to have a team to root for, you know, to really have an interest in it. There's people who think football is boring. Yeah, basketball. That's true. Yeah, it's because they I don't, don't think basketball is boring. I just wish they wouldn't let them travel all the time <laughs> and carry the ball, you know, and and not call a foul until the last two minutes of the game and decide the game yeah. by what their whistle in their mouth. Yeah, you're right about that because, you know, with the players today, they're so long and they're bigger. You know, it just, you know, when they're going so fast, these officials, they don't see that third step. Or, you know, like I say, it's, it's not even really the third step. It's the gathering step. When they pick up the basketball, that's one step. And then they take two more. And so it's just so fast and his players are so long, you know, they cover a half court and two feet. Yes. That's the, I mean, you look at someone like Giannis who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Just one MVP. Six feet 11. I mean, the guy's just long, extra long. And it's just like, he covers full court in like three or four steps. I knew there was something I wanted to ask you today. Westbrook yes. goes back to Houston. Well, it's his first time he'll be there. Okay, he's but he's going to be, who? who is he going to be there with? There's somebody that he played with before. James Harden. Okay, so Harden and him, I love Harden. Okay. Harden, my kind of ball player. He's really? Hard-nosed. You know, he's a hard-nosed ball player. You know, he's one, 
he's actually one of the most disliked players in the game because of his style. Yeah, because he's so hard nosed. Well, it's because the way he plays, the way I his know, isolation. I, it, yeah, yeah. People who complain about that crap is because they can't play hard nose. The bottom line <laughs> is this: How? What does that do for uh, Houston? To make him a contender? I actually think so because you know when they played together seven years ago for Oklahoma City, they played for about two or three seasons together, and they played well because. Harden came in off the bench for Oklahoma City. And when he came in off the bench, he could play point guard or shooting guard. But most of the time, he played the point guard position, and you move Westbrook to his natural two-guard position. Westbrook is not really a point guard. He never has been, but he plays it because he's only like six feet three tall. Yeah. So, but he's a scorer. He's just, you know, he, you give him the he's basketball. He's a machine. He's a machine. And you really can't stop him. He's a freak. So, that you, <laughs> he, well, yes, it's the I best way. It. He's a he's freak. He's a freak. Yeah. And because he's just so gifted athletically. So you put him at the shooting guard position with Harden. I think those two could, they could make Houston remain a contender. I think so. All right. Now, uh, Duncan went where? Tim Duncan? Yeah, not not Tim Duncan. I'm sorry. What's his name from uh, Texas? Durant. Oh, Durant. He went to Brooklyn. That's interesting. He went to Brooklyn. See, if I, I would. Why would the Knicks allow him go to Brooklyn? I would have ponied up the extra money, get him over the Knicks. The Knicks, they haven't been competitive for years. But see, there's only one player who's come back from an Achilles injury, the same player in NBA history, really. And that player was Dominique Wilkins about 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, baby. He was the only Atlanta player. Atlanta Hawks, right? Yes, with the yeah. Hawks. Right. So, you know, we're hoping for that. All right, let's take a break. Got more coming your way. Robert Steinbach next. Chainsaw Massacre remake. And it was drawing large crowds. France was making waves with a series of transgressive horror films like High Tension and Martyrs, dubbed New French Extremity. And then the UK ushered in possibly the bleakest movie of them all in Eden Lake. Did you ever see Eden Lake? I have not. Dude, you get a chance. I'm, now I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Don't watch it if you're depressed. Okay, I'm just telling you. Don't watch if you're depressed. Uh, it's directed. It was written by James Watkins. He's the guy who did The Descent Part 2 and the movie The Woman in Black. Now, I'm sure you saw Woman in Black, right? I believe I have. With uh, Daniel Ratcliffe. Okay. Eden Lake follows a couple, Kelly Riley and Steve Michael Fassbender, as they set out for a romantic camping trip in the countryside, it quickly devolves into a harrowing fight for survival that begins with a group of delinquent teens messing with their stuff, and it escalates into an all-out bloodbath. Watkins grounds his film in realism, has no absolutely no interest in offering the viewer a reprieve from the tension or the violence. If you want a happy ending... You're not going to find it here. It's not just the ending that leaves viewers cold, but the entitled ruthlessness of the teens terrorizing the couple. They laugh as they torture Steve and Jenny, all the while the female member of the group records their exploits with her phone to post. It's this brand of feral youth that frightens to the core and that has been classified in the specific sun, uh, subgenre of horror known as hoodie. Are. Hoodie R. You got to like that. Hoodie R arose as a reflection of British 
uh, middle class fears a hoodie-wearing disadvantaged youth. So hoodies is not just a bad, you know, I guess racist thing here in the United States, as they try to say, but a racist thing over in the U.K. as well. And uh, films like Citadel, Cherry Tree Lane, Heartless, F, and even Them all classify as hoodie horror, but Eden Lake remains the most notable and infamous. Just going to say, if you ever get a chance to see it, again, it's not a fun movie. But it's one the the premise of the movie is what makes it so upsetting, and it's what people talk about all the time. Robert, are you ready for this? Youth is going to hell in a handbasket. You want to hear about youth going to hell in a handbasket? <laughs> there is an article. I swear, I can bring up any topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you can you jump right red, in. White, red, white, and orange, and I, and I got a connection to it. Don't worry about it. I recall when I worked in the Senate, somebody <sighs> said, "I need a joke on such and such." I said, "Boom, there it is." In any event, you want to talk about youth going to hell in a handbasket? There's an article I had sent you earlier today, uh, Dave, and I'm sure you've read it. Uh, during your uh, enormous amount of downtime. Uh, (laughs) There was this uh, dean at some law school in California that nobody's ever heard of complaining that California has a higher bar cutoff score, meaning you got to get a higher score on the bar exam to pass it in California than you do in, for example, New York. Although Arkansas is known to have a fairly high what's known as cutoff score as well, by the way. Some have argued that Arkansas has as rigorous a standard as California. But in any event, it's sort of like speed limits. Uh, what, where exactly are you going to cut off the bar score? Where exactly are you, are you going to cut off the speed limit? We, As you know, we used to have 55 nationally, essentially, and then different states have crept up. We've crept up. We have uh, in Arkansas... Uh, higher speed limits uh, on uh, highways uh, in any event. So this professor, excuse me, this Dean complains. He said, well, we, we're artificially inflated. Okay. Or everybody else is artificially deflated. Meaning, I don't know. You draw a line somewhere and then you compare it to somebody else who has a lower line or a higher line. And somehow if you like theirs better, yours is artificial. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's all artificial. Maybe you just have to kind of come to a conclusion what you think is a good idea. So I say that all to say exactly where you draw the line is never precise. It's sort of like, Dave, if I asked you, oh, uh, what time is sundown tonight? And you'd be like, well, I don't know exactly. I said, but it's midnight, nighttime or daytime? Obviously, it's nighttime. In other words, we know when it's night. We know when it's day. That exact marginal change we don't even know offhand. Where exactly do we set the bar cutoff score? I don't know. And neither does this guy. So you, so far, I'm sure you're scratching your head and you're saying to yourself, okay, so what's the big deal? This guy thinks it should be lower. This, yeah, here are the reasons that he wants it to be lo- lower. And, okay. it, and, and it comes I, back. I just, yeah, I read this. Yeah, uh-huh. right. And it comes back to everything that we said. First of all, he teaches at, or he runs, I think, uh, a, a rather low-ranked school. And so, of course, many of his students fail the bar exam because they get applicants aren't particularly The capable. Monterey College School of Law. Right. Did you ever even hear of that? No. I, it sounds like a beach club. I've heard of the Monterey <laughs> Beach Club. The Monterey School of Law, I've never heard of it. I don't know they if you have classes 
out on the beach. Right. I don't know if you bring the, the uh, surfboard into the classroom or they have those slats where you can hang them up before you show up. In any event, then he goes on to say, well, what it really is, Dave, wait for it, racist. Oh, it's racist to have that artificially, as he describes it, high score for, bar, for the bar exam. Or maybe it's good for the people of California. Okay, let me read what he says. Yeah, please, you're going to love it. The California bar is 85% white, 65% male, with an average age of 51. The diversity of the bar has changed very little over the past 20 years. It doesn't reflect the communities that we serve as officers of the court or the demographic and social economic richness of California. The majority of California bar examinees are now minorities, 52% in February of this year. So the problem is not in the diversity of successful law school graduates. The problem is that using a standardized test along with an unvalidated artificially high there passing score artificial. has a disparate impact on minorities as indicated by the state bar's own statistic. It, per- it perpetuates the same type of barriers to entry into the legal profession that have been repeatedly struck down as unconstitutional in most other licensed professions. Exactly. So in other words... We have let these people in, and we graduated them. They must be good enough. But what have we been talking about all this time? That particularly the low-ranked schools let in all sorts of folks, by the way, of every race. Yes. Who are not qualified because schools like the Monterey Country Club Law School are more interested in tuition dollars than they are in the quality of the lawyer that they produce. So they churn out these lawyers— And they're taking a bunch of money from them when a good portion of them are unable to pass the bar. And they probably have a higher number of minorities uh, that they're able to convince to come to their school relative to, say, UCLA or Berkeley, the top schools in uh, California. Uh, And so they're happy to these schools like the Monterey Country Club are happy to take those tuition dollars. And then these students, many of these students, they fail. They fail. Of all races, whites, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, they fail at a higher rate from the Monterey school than they do UCLA and Berkeley. That's for sure. So this guy figures, well, I'm running a business here. I take their money. I graduating, I'm graduating them. The only thing that's standing in my way of consistently selling this so-called product is the bar exam. So he wants to do away with it. I want to double down. I want to, if anything, let's increase the cutoff score and force the crummy schools out of business. Stop scamming the consumers on both ends. Those who go to law school and don't know better and those who hire lawyers who graduate from those schools uh, and manage to barely, maybe on the fifth time, pass the bar exam. That's not producing a good product for anybody. And that's the problem. This guy is selling, uh, he's a snake oil. Yeah, he's a snake oil salesman. (laughs) And the only thing that's getting in the way is the test, is the objective measure of quality. Is it perfect? No, Dave, it's not perfect. But the same way 
when we have tests for the military, 20 push-ups, let's say, or, yeah. the, or the police department. Well, if someone could do 19, are they unqualified if the test were 20? Probably not. But you've got to draw a line somewhere. Gotta put a line. That's right. You've got to draw a line somewhere. Now, if the, if the test was 85 push-ups and one applicant every 10 years got in, you might say, well, so, we're, we're not getting enough cops. We're not getting enough soldiers. But if you're getting ample applicants who graduate and pass the bar, just not from the Monterey Country Club, then maybe the problem is the Monterey Country Club and not the bar exam. Just a thought. All right. We got to get to a break. Robert Steinbach is here. We're going to play a new game today. I haven't told Robert this yet. What I'm going to do is play a audio clip from different people and then hear what he has to say about it. We're going to hear from Gillibrand today. We're going to hear from Anderson Cooper talking to Buterig. Or whatever he calls Buttigieg. himself. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Whatever. What he calls I think himself. that's it. Close enough. We're going to hear from President Trump. And then we're going to hear from Gillibrand again. I got four Gillibrand. pieces. Gillibrand. Whatever it is. I know it. I mean, it doesn't matter. She's not going to get <laughs> you, the nomination. You mean the name that you won't need to remember <laughs> yeah, for I another need, week? <laughs> really? I, don't need, I don't need to remember it right now. But uh, we'll come back. I'm going to play these uh, cuts as we go along. And right off of... You know, the top of his head, his thoughts of what he hears. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And don't forget to uh, get a hold of uh, Dwayne Smith's insurance agency and get in there and uh, take a look at your car insurance, your life insurance, your boat insurance, your uh, motorcycle insurance, and make sure you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Call 501-819-0373 and set up an appointment to go by and talk to Dwayne Smith's insurance agency personnel and let them show you how much they can get you for less money. They're located at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. All right, Gillibrand, Senator Gillibrand, pompous butt that she is, check this out, Robert. Cut one. You started the day in Pittsburgh, and we went down to Uniontown, not about an hour south of Pittsburgh, to talk to a coal miner. And he's been mining for 15 years. He was a longtime Democrat, flipped his vote to President Trump in 2016, and is concerned when he hears Democrats talking about the Green New Deal. Right. He feels it threatens his job. What's your response to something like that, to what he has to say? Well, I explained to him that the Green New Deal is just some bipartisan ideas that will actually help the economy in his state grow. Um, it's, inv- it's involved with infrastructure, uh, more Mass transit, more high-speed rail, more rural broadband, uh, more a more efficient electric grid, all things that would help Pennsylvania. Uh, it's about green jobs. It's about teaching young people STEM subjects so they're ready to take green jobs, but also investing in industries like wind, solar, geothermal, hydropower, and biofuels to create opportunities for innovation and growth in those sectors. And last, uh, it's about clean air and clean water, something that they desperately need in Pennsylvania. So what I would commit to uh, as president is I'd make sure we take any oh, worker who's underemployed or unemployed <laughs> just is displaced by trying well, to I'm tackle waiting to see if she answers the question. 
with more manufacturing jobs in the energy sector. So why not replace coal mining with uh, a green energy manufacturing in that state, with wind turbine manufacture, with solar panel ma manufacture, or even with manufacturing building materials that are LED certified and um, helpful to tackle climate change. Because the truth is, and he knows this, I'm sure, is it's the greatest threat to humanity. And when we have the wildfires in California and the droughts and the tornadoes in the Midwest and the flooding everywhere, we've people never are dying. Had them and you have to address this challenge uh, as sorry, the great I, threat I, to I'm humanity. And we've been looking at poll numbers. Poll numbers nationally, you're stuck at about 1%. Some polls have you registering lower than that. Is this trip about getting attention for, to, you know, Booster poll numbers? It's more than that. Uh, because at the end of the day, this is the beginning of a campaign. Uh, we've only had one debate out of 10 so far. Right. So it's enough. just the beginning. That's of enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's what that coal miner wanted to know yeah, What's happening to my job? My job's my gone. Job. There was a great political cartoon I had seen many years ago, and it shows two guys. They're like pipe fitters or something, right? Plumbers or something. Some blue-collar worker who really works hard, and they're sitting next to each other at a bar, and one says to the other, you know, we were all so excited when everybody told us that robots were going to come in and we each would have a personal robot and robots would come work for us, but nobody told us that we wouldn't have a job, <laughs> and we couldn't have our own robots because we didn't have a job to buy a That's robot. That's right. So... The coal miner and the coal miners voted for Trump because Hillary quite literally said, I'm going to put you out of a job. And then we're going to give you retraining and this and that. And maybe, just maybe, as Gillibrand says, maybe you can get a job in this new green economy. Maybe. Could be. But I've got a job now. So which do you think the coal miner prefers? The job he's got? Or the job he, he might, might get. get. <laughs> Maybe. I'm with you. It's not complicated. All you had to do, that was, how long was that cut? Two minutes and what? Two minutes and 44 seconds of why you're still stuck at one person. Oh, and it felt like eight hours and 10 <laughs> minutes. I took a nap. I shaved. I pressed my clothing. Mm. It's the mindless blather of politicos that is the best less lessened that can exist, meaning it will put you to sleep better than anything else. All right. We don't have time to play anything else until after the break. All right. So when we come back, President Trump, being the honest guy in what he's saying, that, I mean, look, if you had been Gillibrand, the, the way to answer is, yeah, we understand that you got a problem because you're, you, you're losing your job but we're going to find you a new job. That would be the, the answer, I would think, not two minutes and 44 seconds of a bunch of Which pablum. included that it's the biggest ca ca catastrophe of the world, that yeah. the world will end. Fires in California, tornadoes in the Midwest, and I forget what the other one, like they just started two years ago. Yeah, we just 12 had a fire in California Two years ago. Never have had them before in our lifetime. I, I think it's the horsemen of the apocalypse, is it not? <laughs> right. Let's take a break. we got news coming your way. More of our new game here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Just so everybody knows, uh, dealing with the 
the Red Shield thing that's going on, we're at 20% of our $500. But so is Bethany and so is Steve. They're at 20%. We're tied at 20% right now. So do me a favor. You get home tonight, go to 101fmtheanswer.com, donate five bucks. All right? Donate five bucks. Help me out here. I'm uh, I'm still irritated that they weren't going to even include me in this. And I'm like the Vlad uh, Guillermo. Well, I mean, this guy was the home run king. I'm like that when it comes to helping out nonprofit groups. You, you ask them, any of them. I, I, come, I try to come and help them out all the time. Let's get up to 100% by next Friday. I'd like to do that. 500 bucks, that ain't nothing for my listeners. So, uh, again, 1011FMTheAnswer.com. Go there. You'll see a, a big thing about this. Just just hit it, then go to my team and donate. That's what I'm asking you. Helping the Salvation Army, one of the great nonprofits that are out there. Love those people. All right, back with us is uh, Robert. Robert, are you ready for President Trump? I'm ready. All right. Of course, there's been all of this this argument about the question on the census. Should it be on there? Shouldn't it be on there? The president gave an answer today that I loved. Here it was. Wilbur Ross, Wilbur, do we have a meeting in a little while on the census and citizenship? Can you believe are you a citizen of the United States of America? Sir, you can't ask that question. Why? Because the court said you can't. We have three very unfriendly courts. They fight us all the way. The judges don't like us too much, I guess. But think of that, Herman. Think of that question. Are you a citizen? We spend, this is another thing that's so crazy, $20 billion on a census. $20 billion. They spend $20 billion. I said, 20 billion what? 20 billion dollars on a census. They go through houses, they go up, they ring doorbells, they talk to people. How many toilets do they have? How many desks do they have? How many beds? What's their roof made of? The only thing we can't ask is, are you a citizen of the United States? No, is it the craziest thing? 20 billion. All right, the president. It is, we are becoming a caricature of a country when the census can't ask, are you a citizen of this country? The U.S. census can't ask, are you a citizen of the United States? The whole, okay, the whole thing that's going on with this census is such a joke. And we see now. The president, in a related issue, right, because, well, he wants to exclude these people or do this. No, he wants to know how many citizens there are. In order to exclude people who don't belong here, he intends to go kick them out. And you see the lefties now demonstrating their position, which is there is no such thing as citizen. There's just person. If you're in the United States, then you're a person. In the United States, no matter how you got here, and you deserve to be here. Well, what about the guy who's waiting online in that foreign country seeking to come here illegally? Doesn't matter. If you sneak across the border or you come legally, seek asylum, have it denied in part because you don't show up for a hearing, 
According to the lefties, no problem. Enjoy. Have at it. You may have had a child in America who obviously is a citizen. So we can't kick you out now. Wait, what? What? So you come to the United States. You say, I need asylum. You don't qualify for asylum because asylum isn't for the guy who happens to be coming up from Guatemala and says, I want a better job. That's not what asylum is. Nope. But that's what most of the asylum seekers are really doing. So after 18 months and a non-appearance at the hearing by the asylum seeker, the, the tribunal decides asylum denied. John Smith has to go back to Guatemala. Well, where's John Smith? Well, he's not at the court. Can't Nobody get knows right. where John Smith is. But now Homeland Security wants to go arrest him and send him back. Well, how can you do that, Dave? You're heartless. John Smith, in the meantime, had three kids and they're Americans. You want to kick out these Americans' father. That's right. That is exactly right. John Smith is not legal. John Smith has been adjudicated as not legal. It's time for John Smith to go. And if John Smith doesn't show up to leave, we better go get him. And if the president doesn't do this, he will not have kept his promise. So he has to do this. Well, he's ignoring the law of the land. That's it. But the left... You see, to the left, there's no such thing as law, Dave. Law? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's, it's only there to be bent. Right? Law is what I want it to be today. That's why they came up with this fantastic, fantastical, comical notion of a living constitution. Tell me, Dave, when you bought a car and signed that contract, when you bought your, bought your house and signed that mortgage, did you ever think that that contract or that mortgage was a living contract or mortgage such that in a year from now when you decided that you didn't want to pay the same amount that you were required to pay under the original terms of the contract, you, you could say to the person who lent you the money, no, no, no. That's a living contract. That's a living mortgage. Here's half the amount. And that, the that changes with what my what life is like. It's my feelings. That's man. correct. Don't you understand? Everything's about feelings. So my feeling is the mortgage is actually for half the amount that I agreed it was for. I don't think I have a mortgage anymore. Well, there you go. But mo many, uh, I think most people are going to pay yeah. it for me, just like they're going to pay my college. Uh, bills. Oh, exactly. Have. Exactly. We're going to wipe out the... But until we wipe out the mortgages, just assert that it's a living mortgage, like it's a living constitution. The constitution is not alive. It's a written document on parchment. It's old. Read it. Those are there. And they mean what they say. They mean what or they supposed are, right? To. And if there's any ambiguity, of course, courts have to decipher that. But they don't decipher it by deciding, well, even though it meant that one thing when it was written... We don't like that meaning anymore, so we're going to give it a new meaning. Wait, what? Wait, what? Now, that's not to say, right, obviously, there's a commerce clause. Does commerce cover airplanes, even though airplanes didn't exist? Of course, because it talks about commerce. Commerce covers all transactions. All commerce. So it's not, well, you, uh, then the Second Amendment means musket. No, it doesn't say musket. It says firearms. Mm -hmm. So that's why it covers more modern firearms. That's because that correct. word covers what and it intended to cover 
what we have now. Now, could one invent a thing that we call a firearm that doesn't wouldn't be conceived by the drafters as a firearm? Yes, yes. But that's not what we're talking about now. But the left just wants to entirely read into it new concepts to satisfy their social agendas. Hey, if you've got a leftist social agenda, enact it as a law. That's all you have to do. Just enact a law. But they want to use the courts because they don't have the support of the majority. All right. Let's get your favorite senator back up. Gillibrand again. Oh, my. Calling out people to react to the question on the census, are you a citizen? Question added to the census. Is there anything that Democrats can do to stop that? We can raise our voices and urge the American people to fight back. Uh, Right now, the law is on our side, and we need to keep speaking out about the outrage that President Trump clearly doesn't want to count everyone here in America, which is a constitutionally mandated process. You know, I don't even know what to make of her. We can, <laughs> uh, we can constantly, we can consistently raise our voice, she says, like she did in the debate when she was constantly interrupting. She was awful. Uh, can I say something? Can I say, no, no, it's not your turn. Put your hand down. We keep thinking you got to go to the bathroom. I wish the people that ran these debates would turn off the mics if the people not talking at, and only go to them, give them two minutes, and then after two minutes, That person's mic turns off. It's not terribly complicated. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought you'd like to hear from her again. When we come back, Anderson Cooper was talking to the mayor of South Bend. It's a long segment, so I uh, wanted to get our break early so you don't miss a little bit of this. Because I know, Robert, you're going to love it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Kim Hammer, State Senator Kim Hammer, who was on the show yesterday, came on to talk about his new radio show, which is on Saturday at noon. Uh, Don't forget, tomorrow at noon, he's going to have two Department of uh, Human Services folks on to answer questions he's gotten. If you want to call in at 501-823-0965, you can ask him questions as well. Or those folks as well. That's tomorrow at noon, the Kim Hammer Show, right here on 101 FM, The Answer. All right, final segment. I final, can't wait. Final part of our, our uh, lightning round here. This is with uh, Anderson Cooper talking to the mayor of South Bend. And he asks a pertinent question. Let's listen in. I want to talk about your plan that, that you introduced today. You're calling it the, uh, the Douglas Plan, which is obviously named for the abolitionist Frederick uh, Douglas. Now, in it, you pledge to reduce incarceration by 50 percent, allow prisoners uh, to access Medicaid, increase funding to historically black colleges, universities by $25 billion. How can you promise the American people that, that you can cut the prison population in half, not end up with an uptick in crime in any way? Because in many countries and many states that have uh, managed to reduce incarceration, uh, we've actually seen the opposite happen. Often more incarceration is associated with more crime. There are a lot of cases around the country where the incarceration is doing more harm than the original offense. Not just that, but some of these harms are generational. And what we see 
today is a whole generation of people in the wake of the crime policies of the 90s uh, where the incarceration of a parent became a traumatic childhood experience uh, that was unnecessary, that didn't make us safer, and that made that child more likely to grow up and wind up encountering the criminal justice system themselves. Uh, if incarceration made people safer, uh, it's a bit like uh, what I've said about guns, uh, then we'd be the safest country in the world. But instead, uh, we are the most incarcerated, and that has not correlated uh, to uh, an absolute reduction in crime. Is a 50% reduction, though, realistic? It's been pointed out certain proposals of yours don't fall within the purview of the federal government. The majority of inmates in the country aren't in federal custody. They're in state prisons and, and local jails. That's right, but I believe we can do it with federal leadership, not only by re reducing what? incarceration at the federal level, but by increasing uh, support for states where there are often uh, a lot of jurisdictions that are already trying to do this but lack some of the resources they need. We know right now uh, that if we had more resources going into alternatives to incarceration, diversion programs, drug courts, other things that have a tremendous track record uh, but often a big backlog, uh, we could be supporting local and state jurisdictions that are working right now to reduce incarceration. Other measures like ending cash bail would deal with the fact that a lot of people incarcerated right now haven't even been convicted of a crime and that there are tremendous economic and racial disparities in who is able to, uh, to benefit from that system. One of the other criticisms of the proposal so far has been that it's an attempt, it's a political attempt to bolster support or your support among African Americans. There's the latest scene in polling has you, I think, getting but 0% support among African-Americans <laughs> and obviously the problems you've been having in South Bend Oops. with at least some in the African-American community, those Oops. are well documented. Is this, at least in part, a, a political play for support? Uh, this is a, an effort to address systemic racism in our country, and we've been uh, developing this for months. Uh, I've been speaking, today's the day that we put out the full detail, but uh, I've also been speaking about it for many weeks. Look, I think everybody running for office right now, everybody running for president, has a responsibility to explain what we're actually right, that's going enough. to do. That's, that's enough. It, it goes on and on and on and on and on. I mean, one of the things that I, he says, unnecessary incarceration. Under whose definition that right, it's unnecessary? Right, right. So we just had a very big criminal justice reform law passed that Trump signed. Yes. So it's it's a Republican law. Yes. Well, it was bipartisan, but it was signed by a Republican president, not one of these lefties. And what's interesting is Buttigieg gets in trouble back home in his township of 82 people because there was a shooting of a, a black resident by a, by a white cop, I think. I think it was. Yeah. And so he decides, I've got to come out with some policies in favor that will appeal to black voters. Here's my question. Why does he think that being soft on crime appeals to black voters? I've spoken throughout my life to plenty of African Americans who said to me, uh, yeah, we don't want less. Put them away and right? keep them there, right. please. We don't want uh, more criminals out on the street. We want fewer criminals yeah. Yeah. on the street. We don't want more gangs on the street. We want fewer gangs on the street. So he's adopting a stereotype and a bad policy at the same time. Okay, so Anderson Cooper missed a couple of things that okay. he could ask. I mean, he had... He did ask some decent questions yeah. and give him credit. Wouldn't have ex expected of him to ask them. But he was the part that they talk about bail, cash for bail. 
I mean, what do they do? Barter for it? Yeah, I, I've got 10 pounds of pot, Your Honor. Can I put that up to get me out of jail? I mean, the, the problem or the claim with the cash bail issue is that if someone has money, they can post a bond or post bail. Those are a little bit different, but they're essentially the same, right, for, for these purposes. But if you have no money, how do you post anything? You can't. Well, then you don't get out on bail. Yeah, you don't get so, out of jail. Right. So that disproportionately affects people who don't have money. Poor people. Poor people. That's right. It understand does. understand that. It does. So Maybe you should think about not stealing or shooting people. It's The question becomes whether or not you can let more people out on their own recognizance if they have no money and still have some leverage to have them return. I don't know the answer. Maybe the answer is yes. I don't know. But that's not the problem that's going on right now with criminal justice. I agree. That's not why there are so many people in jail. They're not in jail waiting trial. They're in jail after trial. Yeah, of course there are people waiting for for trials. But that's not the big portion of what we're looking at in terms of person hours in jail. So it's just a red herring because he doesn't even understand the issue. That's the thing about him. He doesn't understand the issue. But he is pandering in an insulting way to the African-American community. Yeah. Didn't you just love when Anderson Cooper started talking about federal and then state and locals? and This he, huge pause. He's a, Yeah. Uh, uh, I know that. Uh, but, but they'll do what we do. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, uh, I could hear it in his head. It was echoing. I don't know what to say. What can I say to punt? He's extremely <laughs> well-spoken. And even given that, you heard this long, pregnant pause because you realize this canned answer that he had created isn't a real answer. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that one. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. Some staffer gave me this information. I probably should have read it more than 10 minutes ago. But that that's the key of listening to these guys talk. That word unnecessary bothered me. The, the you know, cash or bail bothers me. How else do you, do you run that then? It's cash or it's property. Sometimes you put up your house, right? But that's it. You have to have something to put and up for bail. And maybe you're not doing it. Maybe it's your family that does it. And they they feel like well we'll put it up because he won't screw us you know that often happens he by won't the way. jump that often yeah you know, but they do anyway sometimes they do because they they're freaking no good sometimes they're not no I guess I shouldn't say it that way they're just misunderstood that's what it is misunderstood youth or whatever but the bottom line is they don't care sometimes about whether sometimes their family gets sometimes stuck with the big right. bill that's right. Sometimes you know, it's usually 10% of whatever the judge put down. That's when you do a bond. Yeah, you? when you do a bond. If it's $5,000, you're going to have to come up with 500 bucks. All right. But if you jump bail, if you don't show up for your hearing, $5,000 you will pay immediately. Or you go to jail. Not a good, good thing. So, uh, I mean, I've known families that wouldn't put bond up for people just for that reason they knew they couldn't trust them sure well you lose you lose the uh the the money you put up if the person doesn't appear yeah my my whole thing about all of this is that what why do you have to have a 50 percent if it was only 
10 percent. Well, of course, he has no idea. He's making up a number, right? That's the thing. He's entirely making up a number. It's one thing for him to say, we should reduce the number of incarcerated people. Of course, Donald Trump already enacted that law. But he said, well, we should reduce it more. Okay, maybe, maybe. But 50%, that's pandering and really the worst form of bias. All right, coming back on Monday. You have a great weekend. Robert will be here on Monday, as he always is. First hour, don't miss it, a Tuskegee Airman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You don't want to miss it, I'm telling you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.